Well, well, well. Hello and welcome to Let's Join Out for another Thursday. Good to have you here. The chat room is already lively with Zero in there and Striker to uh, regulars. Hello to you all there. And I know many others will be joining shortly. Hello to you, everyone listening. And hello to Tony. Bonjour. The only other guest I've got. Yeah, you're with me and you this week. Two hours, That's got an hour each, so you realise I'm going to take the first hour and then relax. Oh, don't leave me here alone. <laughs> no, no, we're going to be going for two hours tonight, people. Um, we've got uh, Andrew here as a guest to tell us Hello. about Mini Airshow 3. Hello, Andrew. Um, and then later on in the show, hopefully we'll have BMS Web, both Paul and Thomas coming online to tell us about how Thomas is taking over from Stu from UAV Futures. <laughs> and then um, we do have uh, Dom Robinson also joining us to the end of the show. So it's quite a packed show. Um, and actually, you know, since last week, I've finally tried my race flight with my own quad. And I'm, I'm happy with it. I, there's no two ways of saying it. On stock built, um, it's fine. It's, it flies beautifully. So Did I'm you kind of sold. Not a single thing. Not a mm. single thing. No. Wow. No. Um, I mean, I did my build video on Sunday, which was a mammoth. I mean, I should have built it quicker. I just didn't do a live stream, but I did that. And then um, I went to fight the next day, and not a single thing changed. And I've been quite happy. I, I think things could be changed. Don't get me wrong. But so far, it's just, I mean, I got to the point where I wanted to try another flight controller. And to be honest, um, Everyone that I'd known that had been flying it had been raving about it, so that's what I've been doing. So that's my week with a uh, little chameleon. So I mean, it's 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 amazing what you can get from a quad these days, and that the build quality of this thing is truly amazing. It just went together like uh, I don't know, just perfectly machined pieces. So at the moment, she's been flying. What, perfectly. What's your setup then, Jay? Tell us. Um, Cobra Motors two two zero seven. Uh, 2450 kV shipped from Germany because there's no UK stock anywhere. Um, Speedix 30 amp PSCs, the high voltage ones, which are a dream. Uh, race flight and yeah, chameleon frame. Do you know what? Tramp. Do you know what race flight you're on? What release? Two 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 is it? Something 064. It might have been slightly different, but it came actually the board I got when I got it from UK supply. It was showing out of stock middle of last week or mid last week so I ordered it from somewhere else that it showed us in stock but it wasn't in stock but I know um, apparently it was a change of the website but I managed to get another one and it came already with race flight one and I think quite a later version that you know pre-installed so leave I guess that. it's moving along in there leave leave hmm. it on because I've run RC 12 and had nothing but problems and I've just gone back to RC1, and I'm hoping it's going to be all right. So I've gone Well, no. <laughs> but that's the nature of the beast, isn't it? It wants to update as soon as you connect it up in bootloader mode. I just I just updated it. It's, as, as NJ said, NJ said, it's a beta program. Why aren't you updating to the latest one to have? Oh, I've you're been not having someone to update, problems. are you? No, I, I stayed on beta flight for two one six for uh, ages, ages and ages, because I just knew how it flew, and I just didn't want to update. I don't, didn't feel the need to. And uh, same as this, I've just I've tried uh, the latest um, uh, race flight, and it was hmm. just full of stuck bugs. What were annoying me? 
whether it was just because of my particular setup and my ESCs, my motors, I don't know. But I've gone back now to a stable firmware, and I'm hoping it's sorted out my problems. Because yeah. I had three days of pulling my hair out, Jay. Look, I'm bald. <laughs> Even more so. Hold on. Put your head. Put your head closer. Put your head closer. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so what, what's been this is race flight or what have you been having problems with? What have you been Well, um, I got a new build and I, I just had, pro had problems with the camera, so I still don't know if I've sorted that out. I've either put two cameras mm. in that had problems, like internal problems, loose connections, or whatever, or um, the TPS Unifier Pro, I was powering off the PDB, didn't have enough power to power itself and the camera. Yeah. So I was getting black fuzzies. I was seeing it was fine, it was fine, and then it would go like fuzzy, um, like black and white lines, nothing that I've ever seen before. And then I, I'd land and it would come back on, and then I'd flick the camera and it would go off, flick it and it'd go back on. So I think cause there's a loose connection somewhere. Um, I flew it last night and it was fine. The camera was fine and it flew fine. No heat on the motors, no heat on the ESCs. Um, landed it, put it on the side of my house, went to work, come out today, took it all out, went over to the field, carry everything over there. Plugged it in, and it booted up, and I armed it, and it just shook on the floor. It went blah, 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 just just shaking, and just I was like, oh, yeah. what, what did it do? It was just shaking. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> no, do, do that. <laughs> it was shaking and just it was sitting there having a fit, and I was like, what? How? What could happen? Like so, I don't know. I just got really fed up. I got my PC out. As soon as I turned on my PC, it started updating. I was like, oh, for heaven's sake. And then I uh, looked and I had 6% battery. And it was just, it went from there, it just went downhill. And I was just like, oh, for Christ's sake. And then my phone ran out of battery. And uh, I just looked like a weirdo sitting in the middle of a field with my dog and <laughs> stuff around me on a, on a seat with a laptop. I mean, who does that? <laughs> Well, actually, you, know, you just reminded me of Tom Smith carrying off a, a picnic rug with a stick on the end of a stick. Priceless. <laughs> so actually, you know what? Sometimes there's, there's, uh, it's useful if people think you're weird, they're less likely to approach you and ask you what you're doing. Yeah, there is that. And, <laughs> yeah. So I like his so style. There is, there is good out of it. So It's weird, man. We're broadcasting yeah. from 8 o'clock, and it's light outside. Yeah, we finally actually got the, the uh, good weather come through, and today was beautiful. Oh, did you get to? Well, you, did, you play, did you fly anything then, or is it complete? No, I thought I'd leave me other quad. I need to tune this and work on this, mm. and I wish I took the other quad because at least I could have had a fly. But and there was no wind, and it was like perfect, and no, it didn't happen. Uh, I'm hoping I fixed it. I mean, I don't know. Do do flight controllers hold a certain amount of power where they can? And then, if the power drains out of them, do they forget it? Or, you know, I don't. I don't Sorry, know. Hold, hold on. Like, repeat. Repeat the question. Do flight do, controllers do. hold any power where they? You know, like when you uh, you load something up on it and then just leave it. I left it the night on my side, and it's just like it forgot 
what it was supposed to do the next morning when I plugged it in or, or like this, this afternoon. So it was like it. That's fair enough. I'm like that sometimes. <laughs> I'm like it all, every day. But I just wondered if my um, I just wondered if it. Would, I don't know. Things anyway, can have dual charge, and capacitors can have charge and things. And generally, if you left it overnight, it might be different. But things wouldn't change necessarily for the worse. You say that, but I put a post out on Facebook, and someone come back to me and said that they've had the same problem. Not with Racefight in particular. With uh, they didn't say, but they said that they'd flown one day, gone back to it the next day, and their PIDs had actually changed overnight. But was that that they didn't save the settings though? Because I think that's more likely if the flight controller didn't save I don't the know. I'd have to find. I'd have to find that out. But otherwise, it could seems, it be something it was... like some sort of uh, like a bootloader kind of you know uh, pad kind of thing? Could it short across there and just reset everything to factory settings? Is that a well, thing? Well, I don't know. But it may be, but it it was still. I don't know. It's still armed. It still knew my arm switch. So, I don't know. I really don't know. It flew last night. I put it on the side, went out the next day, and it just shook on the floor, and the motor's got really hot. So, Ooh. I, I don't know. And the last night, it flew perfect. with um, Nothing got hot, and it was fine. Even the camera worked. So, <laughs> Even the camera worked. Maybe, yes. maybe he was just saying, no, I don't want to fly that day. You know, like sometimes dogs don't want to go on that walk. Yeah, maybe maybe just that it didn't want to fly. But it it's so frustrating because you go, you, you, in your head you go, right, is it this, is it that, is it that, is it that? Like I thought my um, Furious um, v freezer had packed up the other day. You know, I got to the it's exactly the same... I think it was um, Thursday, uh, what was the day, Thursday today, so it was like Tuesday, or even yesterday, I got to the field, finished my work, sat down, plugged my goggles in, nothing happened, it was like coming on and off, turned out that, that asked, it was my um, fat shark battery lead gone wrong, so the, the battery was fine, yeah. the lead, the, you know on jacks, you know the bit of the, the jack lead in there, it you push it and then it work. You push it and it don't. It's the same as RCA leads. You remember the old RCA leads? Yeah. Well, interesting. I, I had. Is it the one with the voltmeter on the side where you press the button? It shows how much. Yeah. I had yes. one of the exact same one, and um, I flying about a month ago. I plugged it into my receiver. It didn't work, and I thought, oh no, it was my receiver, like you did. Um, anyway, then I checked the. Um, I checked the battery and I moved the cable and it came on and I thought, I'm not flying with that pack. I don't want it to just come no. out and it's fine. Yeah. So I put it no. on side and it was just the day yours broke was the day I finally got around to fixing it. Um, and it's usually a break in the run to the actual right angle DC connector. Um, usually it's in that cable because that's the bit that gets stretched and bent backwards and forwards and charged and yeah. uncharged. That's the bit that breaks. And I managed to fix mine, so it's, it's worked well. Because that was always a higher capacity than my one one amp uh, original battery, which I thought I'd lost. And then, Well, here's the story. I thought I'd lost that battery because it fell out of my goggles somewhere. And that's why I had repaired the other bit. I found the other today. All's well. But fix it. You know, I, I'm not saying do this at home because if you're listening and you don't have any skill, but if you have some skills with batteries and you take proper precautions, they're not going to just go bang in your face. Having, you know, precautions of safety precautions if it goes wrong nearby, there's no reason why people shouldn't be able to fix these things themselves. And with a bit of caution. I'm and... not touching it, Jay. <laughs> I've had a <laughs> lot of in my house. 
I've had a lipo fire in my house, and it caught fire to my rug, and it cost me six hundred pound. So, wow. and that was just that was lined up. That was I lined up three for four batteries. Uh, I I put my seat in the middle of the room. I was playing my mate online on the PS3 in America. Right. PS4, whatever. Uh, and I thought, well, I'll charge my batteries. They're in front of me. They're on a fireplace. Odd. It, you know, if anything happens, I can sort it out. Um, I have a dog sat by me, and I just about sat down and ready to charge them. And this um, battery just leapt off of the fireplace at my feet <laughs> on fire wow. on its wow. own. And it was not, it was in like storage mode. It was, I'd flown with it, come home, and it just on its so, own ignited. It jumped and then just caught fire at my feet. Luckily, I was there, picked it up and threw it out the, you know, out on the conservatory, but it melted a hole in my carpet within seconds. So it wasn't so charging that is why it was just... No, it wasn't. It, I was just lining them up ready yeah. to charge. So I've heard of batteries burning um, up on discharge before. They're like one amp yeah. when you're going like, oh, it shouldn't be a problem, but it can be a bio. A long time ago, and we're talking four, four or five years ago, and I think battery technology has improved in those four or five years. I charged one, and they always said never leave one unattended. And I just was doing something else yeah. on my PC, and I looked back, and the thing had ballooned. So I quickly disconnected, took off the power and everything like that. But that's probably something that would have led up to something like yours. But typically, if you've got a good quality battery, it's through crash damage. And actually, I think these days they're a bit more resilient to damage. But it was fine. It, it didn't look bent. It wasn't bloomed. It was. It was fairly new, to be honest. It was just on fire. That was the. Do you want to say it, what brand of battery it was? It was from Hobby King. <laughs> Nan a nanotech, because I've, I've followed that. Uh, yes, I've never bought one <laughs> since. <laughs> that's fair yeah. enough. But actually, there's someone in our local group that's recently had a, a fire in a garage and stuff. It can happen, it does happen, and that's why you should always take precautions. I don't even room. leave my batteries in my house anymore. They're in an ammo box outside my house. I just do not trust them. Yeah, there's quite a few people in the chat recommending ammo boxes. So, ammo boxes, yeah. yeah. I think fossil it's stuff, um, I think we're selling ammo boxes on. Uh, on fossil stuff website if not now we are soon yeah. so have a yeah. look or well, also in the chat matakala has uh, said about your race flight thing um apparently all settings are stored on flash memory and if your flight controller can't read them at startup it probably resets and saves the default settings it's happened to him on race flight with old bb builds Ah, so it might be doing that. It might be well, doing I was that. on RC12, I think, was, and now I've gone to RC1, so I've gone backwards and hoping that it will make me go forwards. <laughs> I, you, Chris does say that Tony, tech does hate you, and I've thought this many a time. Your tech it does. does. It does not agree with you. <laughs> I know. Good I try my hardest, but I end up giving it to, like, Bradders and say, please fix that, or Jack, please you know, fix I that. I think sometimes, sometimes the building of a quad is kind of like making a nice meal. You can put the time and the effort into it and the love and the, the passion, and the, and that's what comes out in the final product. It's a magic yeah. that sometimes comes from just 
doing it. Maybe that's the only reason my mind's flying perfectly is out of the box per se. But I didn't. So, Andrew, you've you've been a very busy person of late. With been very very late busy person. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to tell us what you've been up to? Well, what's uh, in the yeah. pipeline? So. Uh, I've been working with Clinton and Fraser on uh, the Mini Air Show 3. So there's been two Mini Air Shows previously um, for the past two International Drone Days. In fact, I believe the first one has been the largest International Drone Day event outside of America, I believe. I think that's what someone told me at some wow. point. So and wow. we're, we're aiming for that again this year. Where we've got um the the hidden valley site for the whole weekend we're going to be setting up on the friday because there's so much going on that we need time to set up mm. um then on the saturday it looks like we're having uh, all the team racing um so all the details are still to be firmed up because racer racing are really busy sorting out all the finer details they're going to do pretty much what was happening last year so this was this team relay um wow, with cool. teams of uh four pilots and uh two um frequencies and swapping over so it's a bit of a relay and so they're working on a slightly improved smoothed out um version of that because they're rotor racing and they accept nothing but perfection in their organization of races um as I'm sure a couple of the Spanish racers who apparently come over purely for the amount of flying that they get to do with rotor racing running events. Um, yeah, that's the sort of level of perfection that they're going for. Um, so there's going to be the team racing going on. Um, we're going to have, uh, we've got the line tracks are coming along and doing their 3D heli displays again. We've got people coming along uh, to do demonstrations of racing wings. We've got um, all the talks. We've got um, concourse contests. Um, so people from uh, Petrolhead kind of scene will know about the concourse d'elegance. So come along and show off your very tidy, very shiny, lovely builds. Um, there's going to be an Oddball 3000, which is also borrowed from the automotive side of things. So um, come along and show off your wacky builds, um, as well as we're going to have a space set aside to um, for anyone of you with all your aerial photography, lovely aerial art things. If you want to come along and show bits off in a, in a mini drone art gallery, then please do bring stuff wow. along. Sounds really um, good. Sounds like it's yeah. getting for everyone. So it's getting yeah, bigger. It's more and more and more. So is there a freestyle? I heard, maybe heard yes. there might be a freestyle. Definitely going to be freestyle. Uh, uh, that's that's you know, Jack would not let us run the event if it wasn't for there being some freestyle. So that's definitely going to be in there. Well done, <laughs> um, well done, Jack. And this yeah, is the sixth so and seventh of May. Yes, yeah, so this is the sixth and the seventh of May, the Saturday and the Sunday. Um, this is uh, at yeah, the Hidden Valley site, so this is near Brighton. We're going to have camping overnight. On uh, It's going to be available on the Friday and the Saturday. Um, all the information is uh, going to be posted up as it all gets firmed up on uh, the Facebook page and the websites. So the website is miniairshow.com. And we've got the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash miniature airshow. 
you can find us all along there. Um, the tickets are currently at an early bird, cheaper rate. So get them while they're still like that, because they won't be like that forever. Um, right, and that's currently so, what price then for the early bird price? So the early bird prices are currently for the flying pass for the whole weekend. Um, so that's per pilot for the whole weekend is, is currently sitting at 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, the day parking. So if you're coming along because you're nearby and you don't really fancy camping, um, you, know, Why not? you don't even have to fly. If you just want to come along and, and watch and spectate, because there's going to be lots of stuff going on that you can still get involved with, even if you're not flying. Um, it's going to be per vehicle per day, and that's five pounds flat fee. Um, and then we're also going to have the, the camping available, so that's going to be fifteen pounds per pitch per night. So if you want to come on the Friday and the Saturday, that's going to be thirty pounds for those two nights. But if you just want to come for one, then obviously it's the one. But but there's going to be there you go. That's toilets and facilities for food and. Oh yeah, yeah, and the the yeah the scouts are going to be really really on the uh, the food and drink. They're going to be running the um, they've got a big food van coming along that they're going to be doing hot food, and there is going to be um, non meat eating options as well. Um, confirm that with them, and um, <clears throat> we're going to have uh, them as well as outside the hot meals they're going to be running a bit of a tuck shop for the weekend so if you don't bring enough water then you can get water from them and teas and coffees and all of that kind of thing they're going to be running that they're also go looking to get a, a freezer and ice cream and all sorts of things so they will be fully stocked um, but we still do recommend that people bring water along with them because there's no water on site other than bottles um, yeah, but yeah, it's going water, to be really water good. isn't too far away if you need to go get it. And didn't yeah, exactly. It it's it's a Sorry. bit of a, a short trip down to Tesco's, but still, you're missing out. Yeah. There's so much going on. You don't want to spend the time going down to Tesco's. So, how many do you know? How many teams are going to be uh, registered, and have, what, any more details about registering for a team? So, all the registrations for the team racing and the other competitions that's all going to be sent out to ticket holders. Uh, hopefully. It's going to be Sunday evening-ish, uh, so we're just waiting for the final final go-ahead on all the details from Rotor Racing, and then it's all going to be sent out. So um, they're very busy people, so we're, we're being very understanding. But it's um, one month away, so I suppose in the next yes. couple of weeks, <laughs> you could expect that if they haven't opened up, they will be opened up. But um, yep, if they... Exactly. I guess you'll be posting that on the Facebook page, so if you would need to keep up to date with all the developments, check yeah, out it's all page. all going to be out on the yeah out on the Facebook page and the website, and we're going to email it out to all the ticket holders, and yeah, so we're going to try and make sure everyone knows. But yeah, the the surefire way of getting the tickets while they're cheap and being notified of things as soon as it happens is going to be buying your tickets now, um, and that also helps us out. Um, yeah, we're also if anyone is up for volunteering because the entire mini air show is run by us who are volunteering all their time we're we're not we're not gaining out of this we're just doing this out of the love of the hobby and that we want to show off you know drones and how they can be used safely and usefully and be great fun and we want to show this off to the to the general public who might not know a lot about drones 
um, and might just hear all the media reports that are a bit not very represented. Yeah, exactly. So we want to show them all the good sides of drones. Um, so yeah, uh, if anyone wants to come and help, we could do with a few hands on Friday setting up. And we will also need, uh, if anyone wants to help out with the um, racing, Rotor Racing have asked for a couple of hands, well, four hands, no, hold on, eight hands, four people, yeah. <laughs> um, to, help, to help out with um, That's the, the registrations. Eight. Eight people, not four, not eight hands. That's still eight people. <laughs> um, and there may be I'm confusing things. They want they want people to help out with the registrations because if you've ever been to a race before, so um, the registrations take a long time. So it does, and actually, can... even the briefing and things like that on the day, be prepared that you might have to, you know, go for the briefing and show the cords and insurance and things like that. Fail safe. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. you will need to bring along. So, if you want to fly, yeah, you will need to bring along. Uh, yeah, this is good information. You'll need to bring along your um, flying insurance, so whether that's BMFA or um, FPV UK or whoever. Mm -hmm. um, you will need to make sure if you're flying FPV that uh, you are flying on um, 25 milliwatts and that um, you can work to the race band channels um so if is it you, all going to be flying just race band it's all just going to be race band yes okay so everyone needs so to race band. make sure you've got 25 right. milliwatt race bands capable vtx and you know receivers and anything else you want make sure you work towards that um and as for people that need to make repairs there's going to be somewhere to, to oh yes yeah again jack is pushing for this a lot we are going to have a build area um and we're gonna hopefully there might well be some activities going on there but i will keep that under my hat until i know for sure because i don't want to disappoint anyone um yeah it's all shaping up really nicely we're very happy we look forward to seeing Good. lots of people there because especially let's drone out there's a lot of spiritual connection there between Let's Drone Out and Mini Air Show. So we're really yeah. forward to seeing lots of people there. It's going to be good fun. And it is part of International Drone Day, isn't it? I mean, the whole yes. this actual time of year, even though it was different in the first years and things, is uh, an international event that uh, this is coinciding with, Mini Air Shows are coinciding with. Yeah. Um, are you, have you got in touch with uh, David Neal to share, show him that you're doing something over here? Oh, yeah. 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 The O'Neills are, yeah. are aware of us. And... Uh, yeah, you, maybe you could uh, have them on again because they were on, I think, last year. In the yeah, we're in the run up to it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's yeah. exactly one month today. I'm just thinking as well if people are traveling from fair distance because some people do travel for several hours. If they're coming down on the Friday, have you set time that they can start accessing the site to? Pitch? We're going to be all, there all day. So um, if people do turn up, then just be aware that. We may still be setting things up, and you might be directed. If we are, then we might it... grab you, and you'll be volunteered into helping out. So, <laughs> is that all day is that all day Friday, and what what time from? Because I am going to um, come down Friday and help. I'm with me and Clinton and Fraser. I'm sure are going to be there from early in the morning. Um, but yeah, we will. If you if you want to help out, we've got a, a volunteers group, um, Facebook group, 
And um, if they don't have so, Facebook, is there an email address? Have you got an email address or something that, that another way uh, they can get in touch? Yeah, so we, uh, I think there is a slightly fancier one. I can't remember that one off the top of my head. Well, I'll give you our Gmail <laughs> account is miniershowuk at gmail.com. So that will do. I'll that type that in there. So that's mini airshow uk uk at gmail.com. Gmail.com. There you go. If it's in the chat, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, um, from the very first uh, mini air show, I, I, I met so many people, and it was just my decision whether I went York to Yorkshire, where I, I'd spent a lot more time and I kind of knew some of the people up there, or I came down to Brighton and I wanted to change. So it's, it's and here just, you are. I know. <laughs> Who would have thought it? Eh? Anyway, yeah, I, so you've I'm been looking... fine. Sorry, I was just going to say I'm looking forward to my um, Scottish lad to fly down for this weekend. Um, the Martin, yes. Des, and all that, all the guys that I met at the um, nationals, the first nationals I went to, I made friends with these guys, and they're, they're all they're all coming down, uh, book their plane tickets, and they're all excited already. So they're going to be coming down from Scotland. So Excellent. it's like wow. people travel a long way to come down and. and and participate in this event because it's such good fun. So actually, it's, looking it's, forward it's, to see them guys again. It's good to meet people and, and, and stuff that you, you may have spoke to online, you may have watched the YouTube videos yeah, and that's stuff. It, There's yeah. a lot of people that you might have known of but never knew who it was. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it is, it's, it's nice that, that that's the nice bit of it when you, people have watched you on uh, Let's Drone Out, you know, obviously, and, and watch your YouTube or seeing you do stuff and then they actually come and say hi, it's, it's lovely. Yeah. So is there going to be an option of having campfires at this uh, mini air show? Because I know last year there, there was. Yeah. Andrew, do you know? If not, can we find out? <laughs> We've got one month. We'll start stockpiling our wood. The plan is hopefully, I'm, I'm still waiting. It might be a communal one, back. I guess. So the, the, yeah, the, so. yeah, there's hopefully going to be some fire pit barbecue bits in in the middle of, of in the middle of everything so we can all crowd around and... Uh, can I make a suggestion? Yeah. Can we make a, a, a quad-powered forge so we can, I don't know, do some... Uh... <laughs> we'll make some... Uh, I don't know, you don't need to an idol to get the heat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember I the last know. year, um, there's quite a lot of night flying going on. So if you if you, if you you want to get your builds ready, there's um, uh, there was some love... Uh, Johnny Banton had a nice plane up. We had all lights on it and uh, there was quite a few wings flying around with lights on with night vision cameras so yeah get your get your night stuff ready as well guys who, who had that really uh, lightweight plane that just was completely silent almost and everyone was a bit questioning to what it was until we realized when it got a bit closer you remember that there's one that was really uh, that was really dave, lightweight. dave one of our uh, crew come down on a sunday he had a tiny little yeah, really lightweight, but just had loads of lights on it, and you couldn't yeah. really see which way it was. Yeah, that was uh, one of my mates' days. So oh. I think he'll probably come down. I haven't seen him for a few few days, few months. So hi, Dave. Hope you're going to come down. Yeah, if you're coming down, if you still got that plane, it'd be good to see it again. He yeah. he and buys if... different things all the time. Yeah, last time I saw him, he had a uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it a V V tile plane? A VTOL, yeah. Where it, 
It's VTOL. Yeah, well, it's it'll take VTOL. off and land. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, he took off and then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. So, a, yeah, he. Have you got well, any uh, uh, insight into the wacky builds at the moment? I mean, have you had any submissions uh, into this uh, foray, into this uh, field? Well, there's, there's always uh, from the LDO drone games, uh, there's there's the topper quad uh, with its. It's windscreen. That, oh. that, that was absolutely brilliant. That's if it's a complete so, washout and you're going under the marquees. That is the absolutely. quad to have. So yeah. I, I think that kind of epitomizes what's going to do well on on that side of things. Um, but yeah, uh, I've also seen in the chat uh, questions about casual flying at the mini air show, and there is definitely going to be casual flying at the mini air show. Um, going to do some testing this weekend of uh vtx uh channels to see exactly how we're going to work that one out but it's definitely going to happen even if it's just um some time slots but we'll keep you updated on that cool well, it's going to be like a kind of flight festival so a bit a little bit different to last year hopefully a little bit better where more people can participate on in different things rather than just coming and racing and that's it so there's going to be a bit more to do yeah. for everyone variety of things yeah, yeah exactly and uh yeah so we're hopefully hopefully gonna have some simulators if they're not stolen off by flight fest west um, <laughs> and we're gonna have uh tiny whooping obviously and that's just gonna happen so we're gonna make sure there's space for it and so i still you... need to get myself one of them a tiny whoop no have you got any micro flyer I had an Upton. I had an Upton quad, um, yeah. but I I blew an ESE up on it. So, <laughs> yes. So I need I need I need something else. I need another one. Dan, I need another one, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still keen to get something of a smaller variety. I mean, I've got a few, but I'm waiting on props for one that I, I smashed up. But. I like the Emacs bait. Is it Baby Hawk? That looks cool. Because it's already built. You, you know what I'm like. I don't <laughs> factory, I don't, factory uh, assembled. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, like building. Just give me something what flies, please. So, Andrew, what are you flying at the moment then? Uh, I am flying my TSX 220. That's my go to at the moment. I've still Is that the one you had last year? No, that was oh, the ZMR250 that was, is currently sitting in a box in Jack's room waiting for us to finish a project on it. Oh. Um, but Jack, if you're listening, it needs to be finished. Well, I, I, I need to contribute to it as well. But <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and there's, uh, I'm still just about finishing my tricopter when I get time in between. Uh, mini air show things but uh yeah um and i'm more than anything i'm doing lots of whooping with my ux90 just because i can get to places a lot more easily that i can fly that than anything else and it's more options indoor and everything exactly so are you still with the bvfpra um yeah yeah that's that's got very very busy there's lots of things going on um obviously with tom stepping down and and brett stepping up in his place hmm. uh, there's a lot of stuff being sorted out and 
although I know it always seems quiet from the outside looking in, there is a lot going on, and uh, hopefully we'll have the um, details of the AGM, I believe, is being sorted out soon. I hear there's talk of um, changes in racing format, like 4S, 5S, 6S. Yeah, I, th I think that's kind of a, a case of looking at the rules and saying, actually, you know, there are a lot of people that can fly, you know, have, have got quads that don't quite fit into these rules and it doesn't give them a massive advantage, you know, having, you know, um, I can't think of any at the moment, but it just seems, uh, what, why are we ruling that out uh, if it doesn't make it completely unfair then then what's the point in ruling it out hmm. so i think that's going to be what's going to be debated amongst a lot of other th other things at the agm so anyone who wants to have their voices heard on that sort of thing definitely if you're not signed up already then sign up and you can get your your bfp VRA membership card and all the all the rest of the pack um which will get you into uh, get your points registered from any QEs that you attend. Um, Will points be registered from uh, Miniature Air Show? No, unfortunately, with, with team racing, that kind of rules it out. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a big a big debate uh, early on this year about um, are we going to have you know individual racing like everything else, or are we going to have the team racing from last year? And uh, I think having uh, it was just such a huge positive feedback on the team racing from last year that we, we just had to do that again. Yeah, it was good. For, I mean, it, for me, it was pretty tense, but I enjoyed it. It was my first ever race, but um, most of my team weren't able to fly, you know, whatever reason. And so I had to keep on running up. And it would have been more fun if I had that pressure alleviated, i.e. the rest <laughs> of my team didn't just abandon the whole idea. But it was really good fun. And yeah. Guarantee, if, even if you haven't tried before and you want to submit as a team, it would be quite interesting. But it depends on how many team registrations are available, doesn't it, as to who snaps them up. Yeah, yeah but there's, at the moment, there's still plenty of room. So, But it is uh, teams of four. You can't have less than teams of four, can you, I believe? It is Thou shalt not have teams of three. <laughs> or nor, nor two. Shall, <laughs> nor two, nor five. It shall be teams of four. And individuals will just... Yeah, I, yeah. Four. I mean, there's still going to be opportunities for you know, putting in some lap times as individual races, but um, yeah, if you want to join the actual team racing on on the Saturday, that's going to be kind of taking up quite a bit of the the, the headline space on the Saturday. Then uh, definitely, it's teams of four. It sounds so exciting! I'm going to have to get my ticket to us soon, and uh, I know a lot of people from Milo Glaria will be coming down and enjoying the festivities. Has anyone built a circular plane yet to copy the, uh, what we saw at Flight Fest? <laughs> Who's been tinkering away in the secret shed? Ah, oh, the big donut thing, flying through it. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. If anyone's so, got I mean, one, it, get in touch. Logistically, it seems like it's, you're going to have to manage a lot of the frequencies at the time, and I know that um, people may want to fly other fields, but you're still testing to whether you can have on 25 million what two running at different parts of the site or yeah so we've we've had some brief testing but we, we need to do you know we, we don't want to kind of say that's going to be fine and then find out that it's not so we're going to have to do a bit more in-depth testing 
I've tested Good. it. It works. <laughs> Depending on what field you're in, though. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 yeah, I know the totally area. Tested. I know. It is totally, totally tested. I do know if you're in one particular field and you turn on in another particular field, you'll be fine. But mm. We've got Dom Robinson, I think, joined us. Yeah, uh, I saw him pop in. Is he oh. there? No, no, he might be in the chat, but... No? Dom? Hello? Anyone? Dom. I thought we had him on. He might be He might be on in a second. My phone's making funny noises as well. At least he's not beeping like on a previous episode when I think at least 10 quads died. Yeah. That's curious. Am I Am I in the there chat? There he is. Ah, well, hello. Yeah, there we Dom. go. I, I thought it was lurking somewhere in the background. I'm Welcome to the new home of Let's Join Out. I mean, I don't think you've been to this this house that we've been residing now on our own channel. Oh, I, I, I lose track of where I've been. <laughs> <laughs> I I have no idea. <laughs> Wherever the wind blows me. <laughs> I'm sure I had a conversation with Tony in the pub the other night, but I think it was on the phone. <laughs> it, was. it was on the phone. It was a bit late to be calling me. Yeah. I'm sorry, Tom. That's all right. No, that's good. You just caught me in the pub. So, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, Dom, you're if, if people who don't know you, but I think a lot of people do. You're the man behind, uh, I, uh, you know, um, Hidden Valley and, and how this this idea of yours to fly came something much, much more. Yes, uh, it, uh, uh, certainly kept me busy for the last year or so. I think yeah. um, it, it, since since I suppose the, the events of last summer kicked it off, um, hmm. It's uh, it's definitely surprised me how many people have wanted to come down and fly down there, uh, and how many have been through. Uh, even even though we'd had what a year or so quietly operating it before and trying out a few events and so on, um, I had no idea that we were going to see. I think something like 600 flights through there over. Wow! Um, when you add spotters with, and uh, and a bit of fanciful conjecture, um, you end up with, uh, with 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 by my estimation about 600 flights there. Um, in, in the year we opened. Wow. Um, I mean, so yeah, it was, it was it was busy. We've got got a, a, enough of a core membership to keep it rolling. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been in its own right, it's washed its face and it's been a success, um, <laughs> which has been good, you know. Um, yeah. But when people three hours away are, are like saying, "Oh, Hidden Valley, Hidden Valley," you know, the buzz of it and the whole idea of it and the, the place that it is has caused that buzz amongst a wide community of the south. Yeah, and obviously with Let's Run Out and with the Grace community focus, it's uh, it's it's obviously been a nice anchor spot for people to fly for that. But it's actually been um, there's been lots of other things going on as well. We've had quite a lot of uh, participation from the university, uh, well, both universities locally, um, and we've had some really interesting interactions with a whole wide range of sort of stakeholders and people who've, who've shown much more interest in it, really broadly across the space, uh, you know, right, right from the local, uh, local community and local schools. They've been amazing. In fact, it was one of the local schools that really kicked the kicked the ball in motion by letting us do the uh, letting us do some of the first international drone day events uh, a while ago. Um, but on top of that, we you know the the governors and the uh, the local community have networked. But they, we've also had a lot of support from people like the CAA. Sounds like a credit roll, this doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a credit roll. There's a, there's a, there's an awful lot of people who have all universally been really supportive. Um, so it's been it's been an interesting year, uh, 
probably easier than I think I was expecting it to be, uh, to be honest. Um, but it's, uh, as, as flyers know, and one of the reasons why I asked if I, if I could grab a few minutes uh, on the show tonight is um, we've definitely hit an interesting technical challenge. Um, you kind of expect coming from the flyer community that's going to be uh, something to do with the flight, um, but it's not really. It's about running an activity in a place, uh, which is quite complicated and brings up lots of issues about fair use of, uh, of the space and so on. Um, and it's become an interesting juncture, really, for the project because we've got to now pitch ourselves exactly right. We've got to present ourselves right and not, not get riled by um, the frustration that we can't just operate. Uh, and listen to all the views and make sure that we get all the parties on our side and understand what we do uh, w with flight and w whether it's drones, quads, uh, gliders, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it's a it's an element that I think a lot of people don't normally explore in their lives and the news has pre-prejudiced and predisposed a lot of people to, to look at people who can kind of master the air as if they're weirdos and they want to mm. put them in a box somewhere. So um, it, we've definitely hit a, a frustrating hiccup. Um, but it, if we play it right at this point as a community, I think we're going to, uh, I think we're going to probably win quite an important victory because there's an awful lot of people who are hoping we win uh, and hoping we get uh, a clear right to just continue what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the actual space that it is and everything like that, it's, 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 a desire that many of us have, as, well, that we all have as a community, that we want somewhere to fly, and actually having it as a legal framework, even if whatever happens, that you know, it, it's going to happen all over the country where people want to fly, and it was a, a quite a model to show how it could be done properly, as you know, getting everyone. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, you know, I've said this on, I think, on on here before, but I've said it before. The, you know, there's something that reminds me of. Uh, 15, 20 years ago, and I started working with MP3 when it was just emerging, and it was highly disruptive. And everything to do with the technology got tainted with piracy once Napster happened, which actually was nothing to do with the technology. It was just the way people were playing laws with each other. Mm. Uh, and a new technology and a new way of doing things was coming in. And in a strange way, I think drone has come to mean a sort of small subset of model flying, which is disruptive and changes the way we can do things and that that has all sorts of implications uh, and, and raises all sorts of issues and it's it's you know hidden value with hidden value we've really tried to go out of our way to make sure we talk to all possible parties that we think it might involve um, essentially I think we missed an individual um, but that's the way it goes you know um, there, there, there would always be um, somebody who finds it challenging uh, and what we've got to do is try to not get right, a rise from that because um, it is all uncharted waters. There's an awful lot of other people who actually hope it goes quite well. Mm. But there's a lot of people who are equally, I think they're kind of reticent to put their head above the parapet with an unknown. There's an element of risk in supporting something. Um, so we've just got to make that as risk-free as possible for them, which is uh, which is what we've been trying to do, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, from the evidence of what you've been doing down there, I know there was uh, SSSI sort of interest in things and it, how the actual site and the, the management of it changed over time yeah. to accommodate what actually came up over that last year or so. Yeah, um, so we, you know, we, we were always aware that we were right in the middle of a very beautiful spot and uh, mm, you know, we, we, had to, we had to 
bear in mind that as much as that was an attraction for the flyers, that was also has been an attraction for a lot of people for a long time. And it's a, it's beautiful because it's really wild relative to this area. At least it's really wild. It's, it, it's not the outback in, in Australia or the rainforest in Brazil. I, 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 I admit, but, but uh, you know, um, the rolling it, hills, yeah. it has got an interesting and rich abundance of, of, of local wildlife and, We've worked really hard with the local, with a number of different local conservation organisations and uh, Natural England and people like that to understand uh, what the risks might be and to try to, between us, keep an eye on those risks. And flyers have been wicked. You know, we shut down, uh, Tony will vouch for this, we shut down um, a couple of our different areas of, uh, that we fly in for periods when we knew that there were rare, rare or unusual birds nesting there in nesting season. We have to regularly do that sort of thing because of course it's a working farm so there's times when um it needs to operate as a working farm and we have to just go look you know you can fly over two and a half thousand sheep that are penned into little pens but it's going to stress them out a bit so give them a birth you know yeah. and uh, so we've been quite you know I, I'd, I'd vouch that we know the countryside and land management there better than most not not nearly as well as the as our hosts the farm and, and the community around that but we're learning quickly and listening um so John, there's a, there's a site near us that uh, was an abandoned site, but the security would allow flyers to go there because having flyers there would generally stop the graffiti and the other collection of youths that were causing just a, a problem. I mean, has yeah. that sort of, it, obviously when it had more uh, traffic through for Hidden Valley, is it sort of, did it change anything? Yeah, yeah. Did, did you notice any of the changes? Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, a bunch of things happened. Some of the kids who were a bit bored and were, getting involved in uh, some some of the uh, you know scrambling on crops and things like that mm -hmm. uh, lost interest and strangely they actually one or two of them turned up asking about drone flying wanting to get involved <laughs> the other mark, mark difference is that vandalism crop trampling gates being left open the people who generally um, don't walk with dogs on leads uh, the uh, ho horse riding in areas where you shouldn't horse ride um, unauthorized access with motor vehicles a whole list of stuff has stopped down there and that's just by our presence we don't have to be um it, i've never had any any negative engagement with anyone down there um and it feels like when we turn up and we're we're, we're using the space and the way we use the space it feels like um we, we're really enhancing the countryside to an extent yeah there's a bit of change going on um and we have to be mindful of that and i haven't seen a flyer down there who doesn't respect pretty much everything else as a higher order you know, they'll back down for the they'll back down for the crops. They'll back down for the farm. They'll back down for the wildlife. They'll back down for the riders. Everyone. Um, yeah. Most of the time, we're there on our own uh, in a small group, and we can fly in peace, which has has been awesome. Yeah, and you know, you go down the group. There's always a spotter. You're always flying legally. You know, the, the yeah. it's what it fosters yeah. the space. Yeah. Well, you know, there isn't policy and the risk, I suppose the risk for us is that what happens is we become a test case here um, and uh, the worst, that there's sort of three outcomes really. Well, one, we get a no. Two, we get uh, a hoop put in front of us that's impossibly high to jump. So it looks like they've been fair, um, but it's just an insurmountable complication. Uh, or three, we... Um, uh, we we simply get a no, and in fact that becomes worse. That that's enforced by change of law, uh, and then there's a then there's a whole. I don't know what happens then. I suppose it goes into 
world of the CAA trying to work things out with uh, different authorities. Um, but that that would be, I think, an outrage if they did that. See, already there's a commercial aspect that the CIA are having to contend with as moving forward through their roadmap. That, you know, it'd be interesting. That, uh, yeah, I, I think, think I think need... I think creating creating organised spaces where people feel welcome to, to actually just creates a nice sinkhole where everyone can go cool. I can relax here. I know how to fly here, uh, and I'm 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 not annoying anyone else. And people who might pass by know we're here before they get there. That's kind of a it's a you 21st know. century skate park. Exactly. <laughs> I can, I can exactly. be there. It'll exactly. be, Hence it'll the official name. Is, and every council up and down the country will be trying to find somewhere to, to set up a, a drone spot. It's about the cheapest thing this. you could imagine setting up in some ways for a council. You know, okay, we, yeah. as an organisation, we're, we're turning over, I don't know, maybe, maybe a grand and a half or something. And I've probably put in, uh, I don't know, um, a couple of hours, maybe half a day a week of, of reaching out to people and, 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 and engaging various stakeholders for a year and a half, which is a fair time commitment. But for a leisure planning officer to create something like that, which can you know, give a place a, uh, a, a, a really neat way to manage a problem, um, it's a pretty cheap way to do things. And it supports yeah. the whole, you know, the other side of the, of the drone hobby, all the coding and electronics and all of this kind of thing that goes into it that, you know, knowledge economy and the way things, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got, well, you've been down there doing loads of modeling, Jay, and we've had, um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've had uh, the universities doing some different uh, research projects. We've had uh, some private enterprise, um, we've had some private enterprise um uh companies coming to do some testing down there and we've got various different pros uh including the police they signed up to do, use it as a training site as well so it's complicated anyway it's it's interesting and it was i suppose at some level it was bound to hit this roadblock um i think it would be a travesty if something uh mechanically prevented it happening at this stage but we're, we're going to see it through and we just got to be patient and not get into a great uh, sort of mission about it at the moment. Yeah. Often great festivals and great spots have a fallow year. You know, it's however long it takes, isn't it? It's, it can't yeah, I don't think it's going to take that long. No, I think it's yeah. going to take probably weeks now. But it has been quite one of the things that has been going on actually for quite a while. It's been an interesting fencing match. Match. It, it's a, you know, it's raised lots of interesting issues. You know, we, we don't change the land at all. We don't leave anything permanently there. We don't do anything persistently. We don't make noise persistently. Um, you know, there's, uh, we don't disturb the nature. I think we're in a pretty strong place really, but there's obviously one or two people who are kind of religiously averse to something that they can call a drone, um, yeah. which is, which is challenging. I mean, I was just flying the other day recently in my local area and I, I was flying in and some lady, it was recent surveillance and nuisance, you know, the recent news and the lady stopped me and she, I could see her taking it along to the gearing of, does it have a camera? She asked, does it have a camera? I said, yeah, it had only had an FBV camera on it. So I said, that's one to see where it's going. And I could see her leading it towards like, well, she said, Do, can you see people? And I thought, I know where you're going with this. And I said, no, 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 you, you, people are about the size of ants and cars are about the size of people. You know, explaining the technology, and it's interesting how people's perceptions of these things—they just think they can spy on everything that they, you know—and uh, it's that's that's got to change. But places like Hidden Valley allowed people that had never seen it before to come up and see on a screen and actually be amazed by everything down there, rather than actually reading it from a paper. 
we'll get a bit busy on that. Hold on a sec. Just one second. I need to just mute my mic a sec. Yeah. And uh, this is exactly the sort of thing that we want to do with Mini Air Show and International Drone Day is just you know, get people to actually see what we can actually do with these things, what they're actually like, what we can actually use them for, and see that they're, yeah. they're not big, scary, horrible things that are spying on you. They're, they're these you know, interesting, fun, useful tools and toys, and and that's the way they should be. Even life-saving. Yeah. yeah. Indeed, yeah, it's, it's kind of. It's, I think it's kind of complicated painting over painting the um the good picture. Uh, I think it's an important aspect, but the people who are kind of religiously against it, uh, they 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 um they face a different belief in what it is. They don't they they don't see it as a, a as a, a as something that can do good. They just see it as something that can do bad. They kind of filter out the positives and I think for that reason yeah. it takes a lot of educating and I don't think it's necessarily about them sh showing people having fun with it I think that's part of the story um, <laughs> I think that, that what, what, what they what they really need to see is it it uh, affecting directly affecting their lives with a benefit yeah. um, and that's really difficult to do when people kind of just have no connection with that type of technology uh, at all you know um, very non-threatening things can seem threatening unless they unless they have an immediate utilitarian purpose in that person's life. And especially to the many old people in usually the decision-making places that are just waiting for their pension to come through in retirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's easy easy to alienate those guys. You know, actually, they make a lot a lot up a large contingent of the drone of the leisure drone flying community yeah. as much as anything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, but yeah, it's 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 um, it's got its challenges. It's uh, uh, and we've got to be sympathetic to them as well. Because if we do, if we just block them out, we're going to have to go and buy warehouses everywhere. <laughs> the problem with that is, I think that's a great idea, but I'm not um, I'm I'm not seeing the continued gro growth of the sport at that speed. Uh, I think that. I, and I can, and I can't fly indoors. Yeah. Well. And not only that, we'd be buying more bits from overseas that are manufacturing these motors that we keep on knackering. I don't know about you guys, but my print, as you know, I can't hit an air gate with, my, with, 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 a, with a guidance system, right? But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but I like, you know, one of the reasons I like flying is I like getting off the ground. I like exploring that three-dimensional space, and it makes a difference yeah. when you fly. And you get that moment where you're not tr pulling tricks or trying to do something technical, and you just take a take a look real time at the most beautiful landscape and just take a breath and go I'm here wow that's awesome and uh, that, that 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 essence of it for me needs outdoors it needs big space it does it does hey you know someone who can actually uh, hit air gates has joined the chat he might be listening in it's none other than Thomas from BMS web welcome Thomas oh. How you Hello. Doing? Actually, hold on. I think I think we should actually do a different it's greeting. Wrong. Line. You, you need Good to do this. No, you need to do the stew. Go on, do the stew one. Good day. Let me just move my mic because it's actually like over there. Good day, Stew here from UAV Futures, and today we're with. Oh, wait, what was it? Let's Travel. drone out. Let's <laughs> drone out. <laughs> You've got so many media coverings and, and, and that the things now, I'm guessing. But you, you can't even keep up, can you? 
Pardon? No. Sorry. It was, <laughs> I'm like half asleep. It was, it was crazy, actually, because um, we didn't think that people would be as interested as they were with that. I mean, it was fun. Stu's wanted to get together with us probably, what would you say, uh, six or seven months now, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. So wow. he's only been... He's only about an hour and a half away from us, so it's not that it's not too far away. But um, it was just trying to organise a time that would actually work out. And then finally, Thomas was on school holidays, and um, we got in touch with uh, with each other, and we got together. So that was awesome, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was good fun. He's you know got quite a name for himself, really. He's got that catch mark at the start, which is all important for a good YouTube channel. And then he's got you know his wall that keeps on growing with new quads, new quads, new quads, new quads. But down to earth. That so is an epic wall. Yeah, that wall is, is insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, Thomas, you've been doing very well lately. Do you want to tell us about your achievements and stuff? Because well, you've had the summer, the drone season, and now it's coming to the end. What, what, have you been, what are your achievements and highlights of the, the year? Um, as in for 2016? 2017. Yeah. So, what, 2017? 16 17, okay. isn't it? We're lucky. We've just got it in one year. You're over there. You've got to split it. <laughs> um, 16 17. Okay, so for 16, I mean, that's really when the racing for me kicked off. So, I mean, I had going to Dubai, going to Hawaii, somehow managing to get the AU Nationals. Don't know how I pulled that off, but apparently things went right. So <laughs> that was good. Um, then there's the UTT tracks where we gave them a go. That was wicked. That was heaps of fun. If anyone hasn't done the UTT tracks, you should give them a go. They are some of the scariest tracks because... Seeing a quad fly that quick through gates because they're pretty straight line is terrifying. Like it's so on the complete you're... opposite end of the spectrum. You're terrified. You're terrified. It is. <laughs> what about the rest because... of <laughs> but it's something that I think everyone's gonna give a go. It's because the tracks they're inherently quite a simple design, but because of that, the only way to get a fast time is to go right to the very limits. And what, so yeah, because yeah, of yeah. that, you are traveling through the gates so freaking quick. I mean, we, next time we need to record a video, if we do it again, yep. of what yep. it looks like from a third person, it doesn't look human at all. Like, compared to all the tracks we normally do, oh my gosh, the quads are moving quick. It's just trying to pick up time at every single turn and any, any parts where you would normally back off, where it would be logically or logical to back off, yeah. You've got to actually get rid of that fear and just keep pushing through. And I know when I watch him do it, it's just, it's, especially the UTT ones, when we get together to do those, they're pretty crazy to see. Mm. UTT one's the scariest by far, in my opinion, because the quad just, <laughs> it's like, at least with the other ones, if you crash, you know the worst you're going to do is break a prop. With UTT one, like, you can expect a frame to go if you clip anything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like but it is also so fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, is this your top ten uh, training tips then? To, uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't give away all these secrets. Actually, oh. I don't think there are any secrets. That's that's the well, irony. Yeah. I think people sort of think there's. Um, I sort of liken it to Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he said, um, "To become a really fantastic bodybuilder, all you have to do is three things. Just three things, and it's applicable to just about any sport. Is basically have your diet. It's got to be really good. You've got to train really hard, and you've got to sleep. So if you can do yeah. all those three things." all the time, then you could essentially be the greatest bodybuilder ever, but it's so hard to do that all the time, isn't it? I mean, um, and, and your, your, what you do, I mean, go through some of the tips that you have, and I mean, like, there's no real secrets, is there? Um, not really. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like anything, it's just stick time and, you know, 
being obviously. I mean, you tend to analyze a lot of what you do and try and work out where you can improve. I mean, sort of typical things that you would do with, um, I suppose, with any form of racing, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's much. it, and, and I suppose now it's, it's how accurate you can get your timing through segments, and and, and you know the timing system in general. How accurate you're going to get it, and I suppose this is still it's going to get to the point where you're only shaving point you know zero something of a, a millisecond off around a corner and things like that uh, to improve one speed. And I suppose that's the point where at what point are they going to have the investment in the technology to monitor it to improve these things? I mean, we are still really at the at the start of the whole racing. Uh, seen it around the world yeah it's so. definitely i've got to say in 2017 in our two clubs we've got in melbourne the scenes picked up a lot specifically the yeah. racing side where we've got heaps of you new members pro- coming in and they're not slow either you should probably explain yeah. the dynamics of what we've got as far as racing goes in our local sort of the two clubs and sort of explain that yeah okay so in probably what's considered our main racing club mmrc um we've got four divisions right now so we've got the C division, which is like any new pilots that have just came in or if you've gone through and, you know, you've kind of stayed at that kind of lower tier, that's kind of where you sit. And that's where you have to go through some gates, but not all. Mm. Then we've got B division. Um, There's a pretty big range of pilots in B division, but generally they can all go through gates like fine and all the racing there is pretty competitive. Like usually end up with, you know, one, two, three, four, finish. Yeah. Um, then there's A division, which is absolutely nuts because a lot of those guys can hit full throttle still through straights and stuff like that. So you're seeing these quads blipping around through gates like crazy. And A division is probably our biggest division. And then we've got the super class, which is just kind of, uh, I guess, generally the faster people. The super class, so yeah, yeah. Wow. I, you know, I think it's good to have that structure, though, because that way it's easier for people to come in and not feel so swamped by all the pro pilots that are still just flying the same course. And actually, that class division, I think, is a good idea. Um, it is. I'm not sure about the naming system with super class. I mean, no. I maybe that should just stay as A division and then <laughs> everything else kind of follow. But I mean, it does work. So we do generally get now a lot more closer races. In the other club, we've got Eastside. They've now switched having eight quads at once, all on legal bands in Australia. In Australia, we've got some bands that we can't uh, jump on in some frequencies. And so we've got everyone right next to each other. And I have no idea how we're pulling it off. But we've got eight quads at once on neighboring channels on a track. And we don't actually have too many mid-air collisions. Which is nuts. Too many. So, <laughs> Too many. <laughs> I just I did not expect it to actually work out this way. So but it's that's hectic. There's eight quads at once on a small track, because our tracks in Australia are generally quite small, especially in Melbourne. Um uh, I suppose Melbourne. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought that though for Australia. I would have thought because you've got larger parks and things, um, with barbecues, gas barbecues everywhere. That you could should be able to have bigger tracks that you can probably potentially set up for. Oh, you could definitely go for bigger tracks. I know in Sydney, so in one of the other um, like kind of cities, cities in one of the yeah, other yeah, states, yeah. Um, they generally do really big tracks compared to what we do, and lots of yeah. massive straights. Not quite like the Hawaii level, couple hundred meter straights, but still yeah. a lot more up in that category. Um, I think it's just in Melbourne too. I don't know, that's just the path we've gone down, more technical, 
making the tracks smaller and more difficult over time rather than bigger and more straight line. Yeah, and I suppose it's, it's the type of flying that you're comfortable with, isn't it? I mean, a lot of people like, Tony, you don't like the, the technical ones. You like the fast ones, don't you? Yeah, man, I like going 70, 80 mile an hour. The, 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 far, the, the small courses are fine if you're outside. I can't do them inside. But I I'd, I'd, I'd prefer, you know, full throttle, going really, really fast. And I think people who come and view us and watch, like you going past you know, shoom, 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 rather than stop, blip, over a gate, through, over a gate. Okay, that's yeah. a good I just, point. I, I just think that for, for people who are viewing it, the bigger tracks and the faster and the bigger crashes are more fun. But there's no mm. reason why, why you can't... Like, why does UGT1 look epic? <laughs> what is that, sorry? Yeah. I guess it's kind of like, why does UGT1 look so insane from third person? Yeah. And that's because it is quite a big track where the quads are at full throttle for multiple seconds. Yeah, which is fun. Fun, fun, fun. And mm. well, I, I still sort of watch some of the Freedom class. I think they're going to force a different size ratio. Because at the moment, I mean, what what sort of size? You're flying the Helix, aren't you, at the moment? The I'm flying the Helix, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I just started building a 6-inch. And actually, it's I just realized it's finished. All I need to do is put my, my receiver in and get it all yeah. flashed and ready to go. So yeah. And you're, you're, you're like, up early you're now. Be, he's so <laughs> fast on, on your on your five inch anyway. Oh my God, you're going to be quick. Yeah, he, the six inch he, one I've got actually can't take six inch props though because of the way I've got it set up. So I need to fix that, but that'll be later. I'm not going to be using six inch on it anyway, so I'm not yet. You're so far launch off the, uh, off the start, you are very, very quick. Yeah, in Stu's video. <laughs> <laughs> like he said, it's, it's up straight forward. It's kind of funny, too, because that's like a lot of the guys in our club can launch even quicker. I don't even know how they rotate off the ground that quick. But in so many of my videos, I'll have to do a compilation of just like quads in view because we do tend to get some pretty crazy like chains of quads flying at once. And the takeoffs, it's so interesting, especially with uh, a lot of people in our club are using the four-bladed props. And so okay, yeah, crazy yeah. acceleration, but they cap out quick. And so I've got mm, so many yeah. videos of, like, you see a whole bunch of quads in front of me in the first train, and all of a sudden the quad just kind of slowly catches them all as they cap out. And so it's interesting when you see that and you just kind of go, okay, that guy's using four-bladed prop, four-bladed prop. Oh, that person must be using someone, something different because he's still pulling away. What's your so, current go-to prop at the moment, by the way, Thomas? Okay, so right now I'm using four different props now. It was only three, but then I just discovered <laughs> a fourth prop that I like. So okay. um, right now I've got, I guess my still three main race props would be the Rotoride Edition 5x4x3 props, specifically the Rotoride Edition, because for some reason they fly better than the other ones. Um, I don't know why, but I guess it must be mauling or something. Yeah. Um, and they're only for tight tracks. They don't have too much top-end speed, but their cornering is insane. And so on a track that's really cornering heavy, uh, like the last Eastside meet we had, um, that prop would be really, really useful. Um, then there's my main go-to prop for now, which is the HQ 5045V3s. Uh, they're a new HQ prop, and they're really nice and balanced, where they've got really good top-end speed, not quite racecraft level, like in, say, 
100 meters straight, the race crafts will pull away by quite an amount, but mm. they've got a lot more than what the rotorites do, and they've also got cornering still. And so and for the, a lot of our tracks, they're really balanced. They're the V3, are they? They're the V3s, yeah. yeah so the ones yeah. that look kind of diamondy shaped, if you look at the prop. Blade. And they aren't, they aren't, I mean, they're quite durable. How, have you found the durability? Yeah, they're really durable. Oh, good, yeah, good. they're like, as in, like they're, because they're polycarbonate, like they tend to just bend. I know yeah. some people like to bend them back. Generally, if we bend a prop, I still take it off just because, you know, it'll be out of balance after and not quite the same. But, I mean, you can, without a doubt, do what a lot of other people do and bend them back and, like, bend all the damage in the leading edge and make it all flat and smooth again, which I've had done for a race before. Mm. But I generally still switch props and just use it more as, okay, I've crashed in a race. Okay, all my props are working. I'm going to take off and keep going. So we haven't covered That's the other, the other props, props yet. Prop. <laughs> we haven't, yes, we haven't the, other the other prop yet. is the Racecraft 505 ones. Okay, which yeah. Which people love It's like Vegemite or Marmite. Yeah. Well, they're an yeah. interesting prop where um, – if you run them like I was originally, they feel terrible, yeah, which is basically using them at the kind of, what, 30 to 60% throttle range, where they just they feel quite wishy-washy. They don't seem to power through the turns very well. And then for I tried for like a whole day to try and get them working. I was like, this doesn't make any sense what's going on. Then all of a sudden I got really fed up, did a massive punch out for an over-under, and the quad stayed 100% locked in, like nothing I'd ever felt. And I was like, hang on, what just happened there? What it turns out was, and I guess this is just the way they've designed the prop, it's really geared around that top end speed and using that kind of, at least with my throttle expo setting, that 70 to 90% throttle range. And so when you hit that throttle range, they become crazy locked in and really, really fast. And that's why I think what they're geared around for that more top end speed. So for a track like Hawaii, uh, where they had big straights, the racecrafts are currently really just... I mean, they've got the top end speed like nothing else. I don't think anything would come close, would it? Yeah. So, like, on the tracks so we do it, MMRC, they're not the most perfect, but, I mean, on a big track right now, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, there might be clo clo props that get closer now because I know some people have been trying to make a more props for that kind of range of track, but mm. at this point in time, I don't think there's anything with the same top end as the racecrafts. Was that three you of the four? Um, Pardon? You, you haven't mentioned. Was that all your different props? I thought it was four. I want to. All right, four. The, last the new four. one. This yeah. is only. Wow, this is so interesting. That your take on it. That's why it's it's, it's good. For your different reasons why you've got these props you carry around. It's awesome. Okay, and this one I actually just ran out of my sets because I only got a couple, and then I simultaneously destroyed them both. But <laughs> the V1S are four blader props. Oh, the polycarb ones. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of like in that rotorite edition prop category again, but even more extended where it's got really good cornering now, but it caps out instantly. And so for racing, I don't really use it, but it is an insanely fun prop to use. And just trying to get time out of everything else is i mean it's a really fun prop it's one of those props that the quad just feels like a go-kart that started some confusion with infinite um, bite it started confusion with um the video we did with uh stew because everyone saw him with quad blades and then they all of a sudden assumed he was using quad blades for every single race and it wasn't you just used the quad blades to make it a bit more fun with stew didn't you yeah it's a they're a lot of fun like if you can get your hands on a four blader 
V1S props. They fly really well. The three-bladed V1S, I don't like too much. I find that the, the top throttle range on 2400 kV motors, they make mm. this really crazy sound, and then well, they lose some, efficiency. But some, they, right. that is kind of like the racecraft, aren't they, where people either love them or they hate them. They're like, yeah. it just doesn't work for me. Or other people will turn around and say, oh, my God, these are just fantastic, you know? Um, and they just love them, isn't it? Yeah. But with the V1S, it was weird. It was like... I'd hit that top throttle, it'd make the re- really weird screeching sound, and all of a sudden I'd have to just back off the throttle, and then all of a sudden I'd get power again. So I think on my motors I'm running, they might be running a little past what they're designed for. Um, or maybe it's just I'm not good at controlling them, which is more probable because I only flew them for three packs, and I thought, no, I, I don't like this, I'm moving on. So maybe there needs to be a BMS, Tom, uh, BMS Web sort of uh, Thomas edition. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> which is your, you're the best of you. you <laughs> An all rounder. There, there are some but, things in the works where there um, uh, Zong's actually working on some props with us. Um, but yeah, it's just I mean I don't think I don't think they're going to be a Thomas prop as such. But you've had a lot of input in them, haven't you? Yeah. So I was just trying to find that right right prop that I think is um. But look, I, I think like anything, I mean, you might you may find a prop that Thomas may like, but I think there'll always be a handful of props that you're going to use depending on what the track is or what yeah. you're trying to achieve whether you're doing acro or hmm. racing and also track. a big thing is preference too i mean a lot of people in our club too don't generally go towards the more aggressive props for me my setup is based around having the quad as aggressive and as agile as possible and then basically just being like okay so now you can't complain about the quad being slow or incapable fix your flying now and We're, then a lot of people too. I mean, I guess it's kind of like what the whole stretch thing is based around, which is trying to smoothen out the pilot and try and clean out some, you know, kind of pilot error. Yeah. Hmm. And that's why some people use racecraft they'll like it because um, it'll actually smooth out those um, bad inputs at the lower end. It does, So yeah. some people will race with a racecraft at lower end, which isn't efficient, but because it's smoothing out those inputs, all of a sudden they're taking better lines, aren't they? Yeah, and it's like you can't say they're flying worse or it's like it's worse for them because you look at the times, it's an improvement. You look at the consistency and it's an improvement. And that's so. the other thing. I think people look at and trying to work out what's the best prop and there is no such thing because it's really dependent on the individual. I mean, you, you, I mean, like, yeah. I've, I've raced racecrafts on a track that where Thomas wouldn't use racecraft. Mind you, his times were heaps faster than mine, but then I might jump onto another prop and my times will be better than what they were before. So in that instance, at that point in time, those props were actually better for me than what Thomas was using. Hmm. I'm like Stu. I like the uh, V2 uh, Cyclones. Mm. They're, 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 really they're, they're a nice prop. Mm. But we even the 5045 or the 5046, I fly mostly 5045, but they were the go-to prop and I tried the set and my quad felt more responsive, like you're saying, and I loved it. It's it's It just had that magic combination of everything I liked and for my flying ability or you know, style and things. Um, I, I loved them. I, I tried. Haven't, mm. haven't looked on. Sorry, Jason. The Dolby 2s are a pretty nice prop, so... The Dell V2s, yeah, yeah. They're really nice props. Yeah, they're um definitely not a prop. But here lies the problem with your prop. I've, I've See, got some. You have spare them, props. Yeah. You've already got four sets. You want some spares of each one? It's <laughs> <You laughs> a car full full of spare props. Oh, we've they got a, down very well. We've got a lot of props. <laughs> we've got a lot of props. And especially if you change them after you've bent one slightly, you put it in the pile. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I think with yeah. Thomas it's just maintaining making sure those motors are gonna last as long as possible because he gets a hell of a lot of usage out of his motors, more than most yeah. people. But then again, I know he babies the crap out of them like a props bend, he'll check them and quickly change them over. And as a result, his motors are last. I mean, they last longer than mine anyway. Yeah. Well, he's obviously doing something right because he's winning quite everything I've watched on your yeah. channel. He's like, Thomas, one, Thomas, one, well, Thomas, one again, <laughs> which is awesome. Well, this, this is the funniest thing because he, he started year 12 this year. I'm not sure whether he covered this or not. But um, Thomas, because I went away to drop off my wife shortly, um, dropped off at the train station. But um, he has started year 12, so it's been a really hectic year. And That's the I last remember, year, isn't it? Year 12 yeah, is the last year yeah. of high school. So yeah. he's, he's coming to the first race meet, and I think and he'd hardly flown, like probably flown once that week, you know what I mean? And he's like, oh, my God, I'm just not confident, blah, blah, blah. So he went through and actually won that race meet. And we thought, oh, well, that's good, you know what I mean? And he's going to me, oh, everyone's going to catch me at the next one. Did you see the gap, blah, blah, blah. I'm not feeling confident, you know what I mean? And the next race meet comes along. He does the same thing again, but the margins are a bit bigger now, you know what I mean? And the last few race meets, I mean, you haven't done much in the way of flying, so I'm not sure exactly how the hell he can be improving when he isn't flying as much as he probably would like to. So that's kind of been strange. I'm not sure what he's doing there, what the secret is, because it's got me totally bamboozled. I mean, do you get much stick time on the uh, sims and stuff, like for practice? Do you use any in particular? Um, not anymore. I used to kind of midway last year, but as of recent, I haven't really touched the sims. Um, I may occasionally go on lift off or something just to see how the development of that's going. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, rarely do I play on the simulators. See, over here we have winter and it's very cold, wet and horrible and probably, you know, it's, it's <laughs> much worse than the winters in Australia. Although we probably have, you know, your rain's heavy, but it doesn't rain as much. Anyway, um, so we have more of a need in the UK, but we're, we're coming into our, you know, season where we can get up at 6am and go flying in the morning and it's, you know, already sun up. So are you still looking to fly over the winter over there? Do you have to make adjustments to your flying or are you still going to get um, a lot of stick time in? in winter it's more just i guess for us it's really cold it's our uh, cold but we're, 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 pretty, we're pretty wimpy by everyone else's standards <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll complain about how terrible the weather is and how it's freezing and people will look at the videos like from europe and all that and turn and say but there's no snow i can't see any how cold could it possibly be you know what i mean <laughs> it's like well it's like about three or four degrees celsius and they're like that's not cold that's not below zero you know it so, does get um, to minus four. I mean, they have wood burns. Yeah. A lot of people don't know those in Australia, <laughs> outside yeah, so. of Australia. Yeah. I know. So, I feel, um, yeah. But our weather's very, very unpredictable. So um, mm, that's probably the biggest issue we have. Had, we have where we can have it where it's overcast in the morning, then it's really heavy downpour, then it's bright and sunny, and the water, like all the water and stuff, dried up off the ground, and then all of a sudden it's raining again, and then it's sunny again. Where it's like all in the one it's like day. Tropical, tropical, I suppose. It's, it's yeah. just, yeah, just the unpredictability. That's also that's more in Melbourne though. I mean, if we go to Queensland, which is where they're holding the nationals this year. Like the weather there is so consistent, like yeah. FPV yeah. dream as far as consistency. <laughs> You're moving soon, aren't you? <laughs> we've thought about it. I can assure you, we've really thought about it. <laughs> yeah, good, good. yeah. Well, if you ever need one to fly in the rain, we can put you in touch with someone that does actually be on windscreen wiper. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing we're well, looking at is actually waterproofing quads. We haven't really tried it, um, as in our conformal coating and all that sort of stuff. And I think it's something that we need to actually learn about more and 
find out if there's any impact with conformal coating, say a VTX, does it actually throw the uh, the um, the tune out a little bit or not? You know what I mean? They're the sort of stuff that yeah. we've got to research now and try to understand better because we definitely don't understand that, do we? Yeah, and even also my knowledge of tuning is so little now compared to all the stuff you could do, like filters and stuff like that. I have no yeah. idea how those work. I need to learn them because all my recent tunes have gone not well. No. <laughs> <laughs> not well as in non-existent or just you're not getting it to the nth degree that you want it? Just not getting it to the degree. I can get them part yeah. the way there, but then just trying to get that top end speed to tune properly has been so difficult even on setups that i already have where i've just thought you know what this setup worked before so i know there's nothing wrong with the motors or anything let's try tune it and then it's like okay i, I think his flying out. style has actually changed quite significantly since then and i think that could be the reason why things aren't working and like even his acro i mean we had yeah. nj down here his, yeah, his yeah. Acro is, he's not actually flying slow you know what i mean it's not that blippy <laughs> acro it's freaking insane over-unders where he's powering through the over-under you know what i mean so it's not like he's letting the quad sort of float over a tree. You know, I mean, the only time he cuts throttle is if he's doing a um, inverted yaw spin or something like that, and he wants as yeah. much airtime. But most of the time, that throttle is actually on. You know, so uh, I think his flying style has actually changed. So as a result, the old tunes aren't working that used to work before. Mm. He got he well, got affected by NJ. NJ. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was really good having NJ over here, but unfortunately, um, the day he came over. Um, he was stuck doing the um, sound check uh, for the concert and yeah. then that delayed him by about an hour and then by the time we left where he was, we were stuck in traffic most of the way to get to the park. Yeah. Then we finally got there, had our flight and it was absolutely fantastic, had a great time with him and then spent like another hour and a half driving him back again because it was just bumper to bumper traffic. But um, wow. I think our time with NJ was really, really quite cool, wasn't it? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you guys know what he's like. Uh, for us, it was meeting someone new. I mean... You know him online, but that's about it. Um, but then meeting the person and actually chatting with him, but even being in the car with him, I mean, that's probably one of the good thing about this hobby, just chatting with people, you know what I mean? Yeah, and Whether people that you wouldn't have come across any other way generally, you know, the different walks of life that all come together for is common. That, that, that's the irony with this. I mean, you haven't met someone. I mean, like NJ's a classic or even Stu. We'd never actually met him. He was just, I mean, he could have been no different to you guys. We. We've spoken a little bit, but you've never actually met the person. But then yeah. when you do, you're like best buddies and everything just clicks. You can laugh about this and things that you have in common. And that, that I think, is what um, really drives the hobby and makes what we do so unique. Exactly. Just the people. Yeah. The people there in the community really and the community. comes together. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, we, we don't is. know you guys. We, we haven't met you guys, but I'm 99.9% I'm sure we could hang out with you guys and it'd be like we were the best of mates and we've known each other for the last 10 years or something like that. And you'd click, you could have a laugh at Thomas and he'd have a laugh at you guys. And it would just, it, the whole, everyone we meet, it just works. So hopefully then we will we'll see you in the UK soon. <laughs> oh, I def definitely want to come to the UK. I mean, that's one of the places that we, oh, look, I've never been, my wife's been to the UK, but yeah. we've never been to the UK and it's definitely some place we want to go. More so now, only because we've there's so many people that we actually know in the UK, and I don't know. I think Aussies and uh, people from the UK tend to sort of um, put a little bit of shit on each other and joke around and all that. And I think we have that that connection with each other. You know, us the convicts and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so as a result of that, I think we've got that unique connection, which is slightly different to everywhere else in the world, isn't it? Yeah, and the, um, the shared history, and now with the shared passion of FPV and you know flying these that, things. That's that's right. So we've got a lot of friends in in the UK. I mean, like I, I think if we came to the UK, 
I don't know. I mean, how long would you spend there? No matter what, if I spent three months in the UK, I reckon it still wouldn't be enough just to catch up with people. You know, it'd be just <laughs> absolutely crazy. Three months in the everywhere. UK is the entire flying season, though, you realise. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, people have been telling me about how you guys, it gets dark really quickly there and all this, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, the stuff that we winch about, it's like, it's like, I mean, I, I think if you guys came over, you'd, you'd look at us and turn around and say, these guys are just a bunch of wusses. <laughs> On the flip side, if you go all the way up to the top of, well, Scotland, you can fly pretty much 24 hours a day in the height of summer. There's, there's wow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's true. So, I mean, it yeah. gets to dusk, dusk sort of levels of light, and then it'll get bright yeah. again. So, ah, yeah. okay. That'd be nice. That'd be really nice, wouldn't it? That would be cool. Yeah. Do a 24-hour stream, as Striker suggested. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Well, isn't, that, isn't that what uh, Thing did with his podcast? Um, FPV Life, I think it was. Yeah, 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 they, they did. Yeah, I haven't seen it all yet, but it's... Uh, well, I had, no idea. I had no idea what was going on. I mean, we were in Australia, we had no idea what was going on. All of a sudden, this podcast was going, and we went away, came back from flying, and wait a sec, it's still live. You know, what the hell's it's going still on? on? still on, yeah. And I don't know how yeah. those guys did that. I've just got no idea at all, so... um. Yeah, I think we got invited a couple of times to go on that one, but we couldn't because we're too busy flying and doing other things. <laughs> well, have you had a go at the, uh, the uh, DRL tryouts? They're, um, they're the... ending this Sunday. And uh, yeah, the top they're doing one are then show, going into. Yeah, we, we haven't run any DRL tryouts yet, I've have been... we? No. Or is it the Atari Simulator, I think? Yeah, oh, that one, yes, 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 yes. I think yeah. Thomas played around with that in the early days and um, tried it a bit, but um, that's about as it far as we went. Yeah. I think, well, like no, all these sims, they've come a long way. Each, each, each one's come a long way, some have broken along the way, namely lift yeah. off because I think they went downhill. But, um, yeah, DRL, the recent ones, was it was much better for what it came out as. So, the flight dynamics feel better, they did feel a lot better. Well, I, to be honest, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, yeah. use it originally because it was spectrum um so it was tyrannus only only so anyone without a tyrannus couldn't use it so oh, recently like a few about a couple months ago i went on dro and mm. just like it keeps crashing on my computer i have no idea what i've done uh. but somewhere over because i had to get my computer reformatted and so Somewhere over doing that, I think I may have lost some drivers or something. And so DRL has just stopped working on this machine. And you haven't really tried to get it going again, have you? Not really. I spent you like... Had, you did I have spent, a crack at a few of the records, didn't you? I did have a crack at a few of the records, yeah. That was good fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was just going to say about that, that the uh, that yeah on Sunday they're closing the, the tryouts. So the top 24 times are then going to go into a grand final race and the winner of that is then going to get a $75,000 contract to to go wow. into the DRL for this season and so then the grand final for that season I believe is the one in Alexandra Palace in London so then you'd get wow. a trip to London out of it so I think I think also DRL is also age limited too it is from and I think Thomas is underage um so he was never going to be able to go in it anyway so that was the other issue that Thomas actually had, he had to be 18, I think it was. So um, that was never going to really eventuate, which yeah. is kind of a bummer because he would have yeah. loved to go, get out there and actually race with those guys. But um, yeah, it, Have you seen the new uh, DRL quad as well? Just yes, really, that looked really, really quite good, you know. So, um, yeah. I mean, they, they touched bases with you. When did they touch bases with you? Was that in um, 
August last year or something like that. I can't remember. It was just after Hawaii. And yeah, so like they, they touched bases with him. We were thinking about getting him down there to try out and all that. And then um, everything was looking really, really good. Then they realized he was 17 years old. And they said, oh, no, he's too young. So um, that sort of kind of fizzled. So that was kind of a bummer. It was a little bit of excitement there for him. But um, um, it, hopefully, you know, in, in the future, he gets an opportunity to go out and do that. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's uh, people saying in the chat as well that, yeah, Velocidrone seems to be a very popular sim at the moment. If you don't I get do it, that, like it. I do like Velocidrone. And, you know, I often think what would happen if they actually, all these different independent <laughs> developers of these various ones, they've gotten to very good standards, all came together to create something we'd have ultra-realistic, uber-cool, perfect flight sim. <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh, if, if we had ultra-realistic, that would be just so freaking awesome, you know what I mean? I, I still stop. Yeah. Okay, one point on the Velocidrone, because I, I tried an early version, but the recently they released one that's called Country uh, Country or something. It's like this big park, but the trees on a reasonable computer look like trees with different branches. Ooh. So you can practice that close quarter, you know, flipping over and, and not having to worry about getting in stuck, but develop your, your stick muscle memory. So they are getting to that point where if you run them at the right resolution, um, they do start to look quite amazing. Wow. So Velocidrone's wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something definitely to try for us. I've got the Velocity Drone on my uh, MacBook, but I don't think my MacBook's fast enough to run it properly. But it runs all right still. Mm, you can use my computer yeah. to try it. Oh, that's very <laughs> kind. <laughs> yeah. Thomas is always on his screen. Pardon? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Oh, sorry. I think we, we missed uh, what you said. So, yeah. 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 So we've got a, sorry, a mini air show coming up for International Drone Day. Are you doing anything for International Drone Day over in Oz? Have you heard anything on that side of the world? We've Do you know International Drone that. Day? No, we it's don't. A, you know what I mean? It started three years ago. It's the third year this year where uh, that drone show in uh, America, the podcast has been running a while. Um, they had this idea that on one day back in March, couple of years ago that they'd start this thing uh, to promote the fact that drones are good you know there's many aspects of it we're actually nice people we're not scary people <laughs> but there's actually many positive uses of the technology as well so it's a worldwide event where people would go flying on that day so 6th and 7th of, of May you'll be joining many other people around the world so I know there's teams all over the world that have there's, signed up. there's one in Brisbane one in Brisbane <laughs> Brisbane, Brisbane. <laughs> Whatever. Brisbane yeah. I don't know. Uh, we, 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 don't, we don't pronounce anything properly anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a few yeah, yeah, they all seem to be that <laughs> neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. So there must I, be something I, in I, Melbourne, way. There must be something. Yeah. We'll have to have a look and find out whether there's anything happening. If there isn't, we could probably start it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it's a month. It's a month from t today, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, uh, Internationaldroneday.com. And then there's ah, click okay. join the team now, and uh, you can even make a team. I've done this one, Tom. This oh, is yeah, quite okay. a Tom's just yeah, topping away. I know I only is a mechanical keyboard. keyboard making an absolute racket. Whoa! Sorry, I might have just uh, not dropped off the connection there. Ah, okay, I can see it. Okay, we've got the side up. This is good. <laughs> you know what? We, had, we started our original show on what's was the Thursday night show. Go listen to it after the show because it is it has some amazing things. And in fact, Dom has a show on there as Voice of Doom. Um, but uh, we've always had technical gremlins that usually like to play because on Thursday nights it's the Thursday night thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Friday yeah. for us, isn't it? So yeah, we well, always do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so this is Friday morning, so uh, 
what is it about nearly 7 a.m. in the morning? Oh, not 6.30, I think it is at the moment. So um, we're looking at probably going flying a little later on. Are we doing flying today? Uh, probably. I want to get that quad tuned up. He's got a new quad that he's just built, and he wants to try and finish oh. it off and get that tested out there. So, You know, it's so Stu that made me finally purchase my new one. I, I, I built my own chameleon, but he, was he still flying his chameleon in your, your, your video, wasn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah, he's loving it. I mean, Stu's just... Stu is just amazing. I mean, like, we went out there. We had this flying session. We, we spent the morning with him first, had a coffee with him, and he was showing us his studio and all good that. And what, yeah, good coffee. Actually, oh, grounded and all. Yeah. Oh, you made chocolate. So, so that was really, really cool. Um, but then um, we went out flying, and they did a hell of a lot of packs by the time the day was through. Um, <laughs> lots of props damage. And like, we were buggered. Like, Thomas was really – and Thomas is learning to drive. So Thomas drove up there. And on the way back, he goes, I'm too tired to drive home. So we're driving home, and – I think we must have been home probably for about 45 minutes or so. And I get a text from Stu saying, the video is up. And I'm thinking, what do you mean the video is up? We just we, we, we literally just got home and you're telling me the video is up? That guy's an absolute gun at getting stuff out. Like he just, I mean, he must work his butt off um, to produce that much content. It's just absolutely amazing. Oh, it's good. I mean, it's always good to watch his videos as well. I think um, he... he <sighs> These reviews are just down to earth, and he shows the different showcase of it. You know how it, I just relate to how his review style. I, I really like his review style. I like it because because you, you see his uh, thought process when he's actually talking about things. It's not like um, um, this is X Y Z, and this is just what it is. And he, he'll turn around and say, "Look, I think this is good because of this," and I'm pretty sure it would work this way. You know what I mean? So you can see he's actually hmm. thinking it out. Um, I just I like his style, really do. It is good for By the way, Stu, if you are listening to this, we'd like to do a good day. And today, <laughs> we're speaking to BMS Web on our show with you. So, hey, you nailed it. You, you do that better than Thomas does. <laughs> Thomas does Thomas, apparently, Thomas doesn't well, put enough A's in there. I, I, I grew up in Perth, so I kind of got that A. <laughs> oh, really? Did you? Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Hillary's, yeah. I mean, uh, from here, but yeah, I grew up there. Yeah. So, they, they come with the Aussie Dance paper. So, got, how long were you in Perth? Uh, 16, 17 years. My formative years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. Have you been over that side? That's the irony. We haven't been to Perth, and I know Vec is in um in Perth, and uh, we've been meaning to get down there to see him. But this year's really hard because Thomas has got school, Year Twelve. Yeah. So at the moment, we're we're not even sure what's going to happen with some of the international events. Mm. I mean, there's um the multi GP if you can get into that one, and then there's the one I think is it in Korea or something like that. He's going to do the Australian Nationals for sure. That's that's yeah. a given. Yeah. So he's going to do that for but, sure. Uh, I'm trying to use this school holidays to try and get a little bit ahead of my work so that I can afford to do maybe one or two big competitions and then maybe yeah. have it so that, like, if I do one of those, then, like, I just fall, like, onto the school level maybe a touch behind rather than, like, way behind because in year 11, which is last year, like, it was actually... Like, it wasn't that hard at all to go to a competition, come back, spend a couple of days just, like, mm -hmm. working really hard, and all of a sudden, that's it. You're back, like, to where you were before. But in year 12, if you miss one day, yeah, it's actually crazy how far behind you get. Yeah, the, the education system here, I think, I'm not sure what it's like in the UK, but it's kind of the workload is just nuts. And I, I don't, it's like they're just pumping out the work, but it's not focused on learning. Yeah, in the and, last um, year, year 12, definitely. It's like 
just preparing you for the TE exams, isn't it? You're in. Yeah, and it's just I, I'm looking. I think as an adult, look, looking at the way the school system works, it's like this doesn't really make much sense. I mean, where else in life are you going to get exams? Um, working as an engineer, no one goes and has, goes out and tests you and says, "Oh, do you remember this or do you remember that formula?" You know what I mean? I mean, life just doesn't work like that. And you just realise it's so different. Um, See, we, we had Arsiatic on, and he would say that he wouldn't necessarily mention the YouTube channel around his peers and stuff at you know schools and stuff because of the he didn't want people to think of his review things and like thinking they're toys. But have yeah. you found? The, how have you found it, Thomas, uh, obviously, at school? And people must know about drones and people must, not everyone, obviously, but have you had any notoriety for being on YouTube and things? And, um, or is it, has um, nobody mentioned a thing? A couple people talk about it occasionally. Like, oh, how's the channel going? Are you still flying your planes, they say? Thomas keeps things pretty quiet. He won't yeah. actually come out right and actually say... That he does actually do fly drones, and he won't. He's, um, I don't know whether it's modesty or he just doesn't want to get in. He just wants to keep it separate, or I'm not sure what it is. But I know he won't come out and actually just say that he does. He does actually fly drones. I mean, they didn't know until recently. Um, some of the teachers that look, he was doing quite well, mm. um, and how serious he was taking it. They've only just worked it out pretty much this last few months of your school. Yeah, it was so funny. This is um, <laughs> like at the start of the year, the principal walks and he's like. Oh, here you've been doing some big things this year. It's like, I'm really proud of you. You're doing really good. You're going to feature in the Monikan or whatever. Monikan's like a ma magazine thing we have at our school. Yeah. And he's like, and then he just walks off. So, so, Tom, I can say anything. so Tom, I'm like, Thomas, okay. has, Thomas has come home. He goes, yeah, the principal spoke to me. I'm like, what did he speak to you about? He goes, oh, he told me I'm doing really well and blah, blah, blah. Like, School-wise? He goes, he didn't actually tell me. <laughs> I go, so you just, did you ask him? He's like, no, I didn't ask him. That's Kids. a compliment. Just take it. Take it, huh? <laughs> so, yeah. It's yeah. interesting. I mean, um, I, I think I'd love to see it more in um, schools adopt it more because I think kids can learn so much from this um, hobby because it is technical. It involves research. I, I, I fully mean, agree. Yeah. Well, there's the maths, we... the science, the physics, engineering, you know, the programming. There's so many facets and still even artistic. Yes, yes. There's just so much to it that it just ticks so many boxes. And you're learning mm. whether you like it or not, and you just you're you're pretty much enjoying it as a challenge, and you're being rewarded for it. So I think there's just so many positives uh, with drone racing mm. or or flying drones in, in in general, whether you're flying acro or just cruising around to check out sites or whatever it may be. There's just so many yeah. positives. Mm. I remember last year, my physics teacher, he was really excited about the drone racing and me doing it all. Like he was like so supportive of it. And I, it was like pretty cool oh. because then occasionally I'd bring in like, like when the race car props came out, I was like, I have a look at this, this is kind of the new prop design that people are starting to go for. And this is like what I normally use. And he's having a look at the shape and going, oh, okay, so this must be for this reason and that reason. And that was cool. He like, as far as the technical aspect of the hobby goes, he really loves that. Do you want to give so, him a yeah. shout out? What's <laughs> you name? don't have to. Go on. Um, do I use his last yeah. name? Or do you just use his, his first name. Okay. Yeah. No one's going to know who he is. Just use it for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> that was my physics teacher from last year, Robert. He, yeah. is, ah. he is amazing. He's a really good English uh, sorry, physics teacher. Like he's really, he loves the practical sense of it too. So he'll like explain something and then he'll show it to you. And be like, this is how this, this is the experience-based learning. And, you know, like anyone that's had to, to muck in and learn quads and building them, by themselves, had to learn about batteries and soldering and electronics and flight controllers and, and all this. Um, so there's a lot to learn, and, and you can fully understand anyone 
wanting to or seeing it as an education opportunity but i think there's still a slow uptake because the technology itself is so involved to get started you can't just say here is something uh, it, you know it flies it, there's so many bits of uh, different technologies to understand or, or the components to understand to actually get it to fly well that's the hard thing about so, it isn't it? i mean like someone new starting yeah. out you're telling them that they've got to flash the firm, firmware on a flight yeah. controller then you've got to tune the flight yeah. controller and then you need electronic yeah. speed controllers by the way you can actually flash firmware <laughs> on your electronic speed controllers oh and there are settings yeah. on your speed controller that you can adjust and it's all of a sudden at this point they're thinking oh my god it's not just flashing firmware but i've got to play with numbers you know what i mean what do i yeah. do with um, that i want to Go see on. what i'm looking at on this, this, these screens oh, okay that's another thing altogether yeah yeah it's, it's crazy it's really, really hard. it's really really like it's, it's yeah. pretty full-on but i mean look i think it's challenging and i think that's what makes it rewarding and i don't i think everyone is actually struggling with it and even trying to keep mm. up to date with the actual technology i mean it's just moving along so bloody quickly isn't it yeah it is yeah in many facets of it yeah yeah i recently like literally a few weeks ago made the jump to multi-shot okay just and? like recently oh, i love it it's <laughs> really good i um i'm running on four kilohertz or two kilohertz um eight and four i think you're running at the moment it's eight and four yep yeah and what what flight control are you running at the moment Ah, uh, the Helix flight controller. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's built in, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And he's it, also playing with a race flight board too at the moment too. So he's trying that out too. And so I'll be interested to see how that goes. I've picked like possibly the worst quad to put a flight controller on to see how well it can make it work because one of our friends, uh, Biz FPV, like he has to do a video on it one day. He's got a twig, uh, BDX twig, which is, oh, yeah, yeah. as um, the name suggests, it's a twig. It's a twig, and, yeah. Um, literally, the arm, like with your finger, you can just like poke the arm and it just like full on moves to the side. And then it like, you can tilt the arm, like one arm, it's just so tilty and the whole thing bends. But it still flies well, isn't it? And it flies, actually smooth, like the video wise, it you can't smooth. even notice jitters or anything. Yeah, so, and so. So we're trying to find out whether the dark side, I'm not sure whether, race flight like us calling them the dark side but anyway finding out whether um there's something unique and special about what they do so uh, yeah so i'll put it up like it's not really a fair test but i've put it on a quad that we know has issues yeah, yeah. no it's good i mean yeah, well, i was just saying at the start of tonight that I'm, I'm really impressed with how it flies straight out of the box on a new build and it's a nice build so but yeah i was amazed amazed so i mean interesting get... to see what happens with that then if we can get flight controls to a stage where you're not wasting so much time tuning, I mean, gosh, that would be heaven, you know? It's just, yeah. Because tuning is such a, I mean, so I know some people it's like it, art. but it's, it's, it's and it's, and it, it, it is an art. And that's the thing that people don't realize. They sort of want this magical number, you know what I mean? And Thomas's tune may be different to my tune purely because of the way I fly my quad. Uh, whereas if you, spoke, yeah. if you spoke to me about a year ago, I would have said a tune is a tune. Maybe your PIDs might be different, you know what I mean? Um, sorry, so your pits be the same, but what would be different would be your um, rates your and rates expo. and expo and stuff like that. But the tune should be the tune. And now we've actually realised that that's not quite the case either, is it? No. So it's it's like giving someone a paintbrush and some paint, and saying paint something. Everyone's going to do it slightly different, and there's no well, right or wrong answer. And and what medium are you using? Like what flight control are you doing? Because I know Kiss is different from tuning on Beta Flight, which is different. You know. Yep. So even then, it's it's truly an art. Yeah. It is, without a doubt. So, um, and we've got our tuning guy, Zenkins. 
Um, I think it's Zendumbo. Zendumbo on YouTube, yeah. And he is the tuning god. Well, yeah. He's one of those guys who, if there's a new firmware out for anything, he he's had on it yesterday. It, you know what I mean? Um, and he's trying it out. He's one of those guys that tinkers and doesn't mind tinkering, whereas I prefer to fly, or Thomas prefers to fly. Um, yeah. So he's usually a go-to person when it comes to tuning issues. Yeah, it's like I can't figure something out, and it's like, okay, I've gone on forums, so I don't understand it. Thank you, help. Yep, yep. So it's it's really quite interesting, actually. Um, NJ, I thought something was relatively tuned, and I learned to fly. I adapt to it, and I, I like, unlike you, I just much prefer to fly. And then he's like, that's not tuned. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, a little bit later, yeah. it's more fun to fly, but I just get used to what I'm, it's tuned to. And that, that's what I liked about race flight. It's probably not a perfect tune straight out of the box, but I'm happy to fly it. And it's been one of the smoothest things to fly. So, yeah, well, interesting. That's one of the things. I think people focus so much on um, tuning and all that sort of stuff. And sometimes you just go out and fly and just work on those skills and have fun, you know? So uh, if it's working, it's working. Exactly. If Tony, if King, well, Tony said he had a lot of uh, grief lately with his. Doesn't have much luck today, but uh, we won't come in there again just now. But get it working and just leave it. <laughs> yeah, it's like that, isn't it? So, um, but we know grief. We understand grief really well. Thomas has got no functional GoPro quads at the moment because all of them have decided they don't want to work. So he's got no acro quad at the moment. So. Uh, that's the uh, plan at the moment, trying to get him an acro quad working yeah. and working well. So I'm hoping this six inch works. If this one doesn't work, then You're yeah, and it's it literally it gets it's like so stupid because I had the GoPro on one quad. First I had a normal GoPro on the quad, it was working fine. Then I built my new super duper Helix F40 Pro acro machine. First day, insane, stopped working properly after the first day. Oh. Okay, that's weird. And then after spending a couple weeks, I was like, okay, I really want a GoPro quad. I'm just going to put my session on my old GoPro quad and use that. So I put the session on the old GoPro quad. That doesn't work anymore. I can't go beyond half throttle. Like after half throttle, the power difference is just the same. It just won't. Just do anything. Yeah. And it makes a really weird, annoying sound. So, so something's wrong with that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so I'll put the GoPro then on my old aliens. Because, you know, they've been bulletproof since the Dubai race and stuff like that. And I was using them in the AU Nationals. So put the GoPro on that. Works well for like four packs, and then all of a sudden, uh, oh. one of the motors lets go. Yeah. So um, not a smooth run. Yeah. So if I ever quad that's had the session on it, it stopped working. Maybe, maybe it's dropped the session. Maybe maybe it's cursed. <laughs> have you uh, <laughs> cleansed it in holy oh, water? I think they waterproof, but they can just drop it. <laughs> He's become paranoid. That's for sure. I had to have this theory that if I, I used parts from a quad that was owned by a bad pilot, I'd fly worse once they're attached. And on the same flip side, as soon as I borrowed one of uh, NJ's old motors, it's had, like, I had the spirit of NJ and I flew a lot better. So maybe it's the parts, not the pilot. Uh, we're, we're very much like that. We're kind of we're not really superstitious, but every quad. Well, I am a little bit. Thomas has got like all these rituals and stuff, and what t-shirts he wears, <laughs> and it's like, oh, like you know, I, I can't win a race if I wear this t-shirt. I've got to wear this other mm, t-shirt. I broke that recently. He broke that. He had to yeah. break that curse. You know what I mean? He had to, he had to win with yeah, a self, t-shirt. It's a self-fulfilling thing. prophecy, isn't it? If you're not careful. <laughs> yeah. So when so... you changed the shirt, did it still? Did you still do well? Oh, I it? didn't do as well the first race, but then the next race I did better. Next, next race you did better. Yeah, so. and I did have a quad stop working on me when I had that shirt. Yeah, all this, yeah that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> this means more testing, it? I think. This is much mm. more testing. And the worst <laughs> bit is, too, it's like, well, okay, I mean, realistically, you know, it is just superstition. But then because it's just mentally there, 
it's like, well, then it is kind of a reality that you've just, well, yeah, like you said, it's self-fulfilling where you've now... You've convinced yourself it's going to go wrong and it does go wrong. Yeah. So like, this is my idea, right? You, t you, you have a placebo that makes you faster reactions, like, I don't know, and you yes. believe you have faster reactions in a race, but how are they ever going to test for that? Not that they test yes. for anything at the moment anyway, but what I'm saying is the placebo is a powerful effect. So, Oh, without a doubt, especially with what we do. What we do is just so, um, it's, I think it's more mental-based, I mean, especially with racing. Yeah. Um, oh, most people just crack under pressure. I, I do, you know, I, I fly terrible when I race. Um, yeah. You seem to have, Thomas seems to handle it quite well, but, um, and it's just the nerves. It's just being able to, you know, you've got adrenaline, you know, your thumbs are shaking and all of a sudden you've got this quad now, you're putting random inputs in that you don't want to put in and it just progressively gets worse. Well, that's what it feels like for me anyway. I think, I think it comes back to what you said earlier as well with like Arnold Schwarzenegger and saying like, if you want to be a bodybuilder, what you're putting into your body, like if I have a coffee too soon before flying, I'm a bit jittery, I'm a bit too wired. So I think yeah. it's also, you know, it's different for different people, but if you're just going up to the start line, you probably don't want to have that high caffeinated jitters right before you're about to start and the, the heart pumping. And I, well, I, Thomas, and Thomas has had it. You were busting to go toilet, weren't you? It was like just before the race, you kept getting delayed. Because, Dad, I'm busting. I go, well, they're going to go on. And it took them like another, what, half an hour before they went on. And wow. man, as soon as, as soon as the race was finished, Thomas was gone. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> like where do you go? Where do you go? Oh, he'll be back soon. You know what I mean? So um, it's, it's kind of funny like that when things like that happen. But yeah, look, it's just, it's, it's a really, really fascinating um, sport in that sense. Um, it's just, it's just, I, I just find it just interesting that the psychological part of it is such a big thing that people don't put much emphasis on. Yeah, and and even the physiological part, have you drunk enough water before you're racing? Is your body really, opti you know, your brain firing and, and everything at its optimum by being hydrated? And I suppose you'd have a, quite an issue of that in Australia through dehydration. Oh, yeah, we, without a doubt, especially when, when we get our hot summers. I mean, our, our hot summers oh, yeah. are very, very hot. So uh, hence, yeah, you've got to make sure you're hydrated, you know what I mean? So, uh, um, you've got to be careful with all those sorts of things, don't you? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. having having goggle uh, sunburn just on the cheeks, <laughs> oh. not on the eyes. <laughs> We've seen that. We, we, we've had that. We've had that. So, yeah. My wife's told me off. You didn't put sunscreen on. Well, I thought we were in the shade most of the time, but, you know, it's just, you know. Just... Yeah, it's moved over and you can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> the goggles. Yeah. Yeah, well, I suppose it's winter. You're not going to have as much of that sunshine now. You're quite safe now. No, um, we should be right. I mean, we've, we've had good weather these holidays, which is kind of strange because normally when Thomas is on two weeks school break, we just mm. get the most. We just get the most horrendous weather. It's like the weather just turns sour on us. But touch yeah, wood, like been... on the lead up to the A Nationals last year, like we had school holidays just before, and that's when I was going to do all my training, and we had two weeks of rain nonstop. So we never actually flew, flew. a pack, really, did you? Yeah. And it was like a few days before Hawaii, I was like, okay, let's see if these quads are working. Okay, cool, they're working. Okay, that should be prepared enough. And that was it. <laughs> oh, no, Hawaii, sorry. Um, A-Nationals. A-Nationals, yes. Yeah. Uh, traveling the world, have you got any other plans to travel? Any more races coming up in the next week or two? Or um, months? We've got, so we've got the A-Nationals coming up. We've got one in Sydney. We've got one in Sydney. And then there's a qualifiers for the one in Korea but I'm not sure if I'll be able to do the career, and it really depends on whether I can get my schoolwork and stuff, like if I can yeah. get ahead. So that yeah. if I can get ahead, then I will we'll go for it because 
on like world he'd like worldwide get, competitions are fun. He'd like to go meeting against the Koreans single. and actually have a good run. He, you haven't had much much luck with any of the international ones, have you? No, I haven't. It's like you've been cursed, isn't it? Eventually, but he wants to he wants to break eventually that curse. Work. So yeah, well yeah, and also meeting everyone is so cool, and just catching up, like especially when you just like see people there. It's like ah, oh. like there's a bunch of guys from the Dubai race that I met once, and we didn't get to speak much like to them, and then in Hawaii where we'd just be like. You know, it's been hours just chatting and, you know, chilling out and what's been happening, where we're from, and that that's a fun part of the hobby, especially Which in is, the world. Yeah, the, that's the worldwide community, isn't it? It's the names you probably don't even get to see at the big events. That are, you know, the people that got to the worldwide events are generally the ones that have made it through the ranks. So, yeah. Well, if you're over in the UK, don't forget on the 6th and 7th, we have Mini Air Show 3. Um, tickets Ooh, are now definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely. quite cheap to get your early bed tickets at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe this time it's next like, year. Actually, spring, spring and summer is a nice time to come to the UK. Well, yeah. next year we're definitely planning on travelling because um, Thomas will have finished school. It'll only be uni. Uni will get a lot more time. So uh, um, definitely, yeah. um, next year it's going to be a lot, lot easier for us. That's for sure. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, are you all charged up for flying today then, or you still got to charge? We're charged up. We've got probably about fifty or sixty packs ready to go, um, and just decide what? where we're going to. Yeah, did I hear that right? Fifty. Yeah, <laughs> they're, 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 we've got Thomas's packs and my packs, wow. so um, it'll be about thirty packs each. But we don't normally fly thirty packs. Mm. I mean, but it's school Five holidays. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be able to fly a few packs. Hopefully, um, I'd like to have a day of flying, so that'd be really really cool if we could squeeze that in. But um. Well, over here, somebody had a, a big leisure battery, so it's like a big car battery, but you can run it completely flat. And it's like 110, 130 amp hours. Um, yeah. And they said with five, five batteries and a charger, you can fly all day. Yeah. But I haven't That's... tested that theory, but you've got enough charge in the big leisure battery to carry the charger all day, so, and constant charging. <laughs> that... That's that's a good idea. That's the other thing we've been thinking about, actually taking a big battery with us so we can charge. On a trolley but, or something, um... yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but we could also go to, an, there's an RC club that we've got that's recently adopted uh, um, FPV racing, and we can actually go to the club and actually race there, and they've got power, I mean, they've got power there, it's power, um, so you can charge, bring a charger with you and just charge packs, that's pretty easy. But that does make a big say power and charge that many times in I one know, sentence. I know, I <laughs> know. Well, wait, wait, we can say some power of your charge, and you need to have your char charge from your power to power your quad from charge. <laughs> That's right, something along those lines. You think it was first thing in the morning, we're half asleep. <laughs> I know, it's, what, it's coming up 7 a.m. It's not even 7 a.m. over there, is it? No, it's not 7 a.m. It's almost 7 a.m. So it's one minute from 7 a.m. Almost, almost. Well, it's good to get up early. I mean, we do, we do this silly thing where there's a local park that's full of trees and, and nicely mowed uh, grass. And we usually get up there for about 6 to 6.30 a.m. before work, have a, like an hour and a half fly, and then head to work. You hopefully with a working quad, not with pieces, because it's a bit a bit tough to go to work with a quad in your desk all day broke. I think that's the hardest thing with doing a flight first thing in the morning, because if you do a flight the first thing in the morning, and then you go to work, and if you break something, you can't actually fix yeah. it. So then it's on your mind, was it the ESC that went or was it this or yeah. Like the whole day, you're all messed yeah. up. You, you want to get no, home yeah. and find out what the problem is. You just need to know what the problem is. Yeah. Usually for me, it's, I know it was pilot error. <laughs> oh, same here. Same here. We're with Stu and they were doing this over-under that he does. And I was having trouble yeah. uh, with the vision I was getting. And I started getting... Uh, 
quicker at it. And usually I curse myself when I say, look, I think I've got this. And I've turned around and said, gone through the two gates, going through the overall. Now I'm thinking, man, I think I've finally got the hang of this track. And as I've pulled out, I've gone straight into the trunk of the tree because I was trying to hold as tight as I could. And I thought I had the gap lined up, but I was nowhere near the freaking gap. And I just went straight to the trunk. <laughs> so um, luckily I didn't destroy anything too badly. Ouch, ouch. Oh, yeah. Wow. There is something synonymous with just yeah, breaking stuff with this, but it's it's still a fun, 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 fun thing. And I can't do it enough. I'm addicted. I'm addicted. <laughs> well, it's like a drug, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if Thomas it is, isn't it? It's like, I mean, you see him, he's got the stress of school a lot, but when he goes flying, um, you just, just see that relief on his face and he's just so relaxed and so content, you know what I mean? You know, it's, coming, um, coming back to the the climb before work, I found it's a good substitute for coffee if you don't have coffee in the house. <laughs> a wake up. Oh, hell yes. those goggles and having a fly, it does wake you up. <laughs> and then when you have a really good session just before work, you've only like, oh. had about two or three packs you've had and it's just yeah. like your day is just, you're on, you're on cloud you nine. It's just <laughs> yeah. Nothing's going to upset you. You've achieved a few things. You've done a few flights. You're looking forward to getting back and having a look at the footage. And it's like nothing can spoil the day. Okay, so I, I guess you could tailor that to say if you haven't been flying very long, don't go for early morning flights. If you're comfortable enough and you're not crashing every time you go flying, just try morning flights for that buzz of a day. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thomas, Thomas used to do, do that a lot uh, before school, didn't you? We used to go in and squeeze in a few packs just before school. Yeah. Um, especially when you had free periods. We'd just go in um, early and just leave normal school time and then just burn a few packs and that allowed him to get a I suppose a little bit more practice in yeah I wonder if it changed the uh, how well you did on exams and uh, in your assignments and stuff well he yeah. believes that both of them go hand in hand because he uses both of them because I think the mental discipline in quads also helps him at school yeah I, I ran a don't I ran a drone workshop and told the kids that actually the hand-eye coordination is key. So tell your parents you're allowed to play games. <laughs> but there's many facets, like you say, like the mental, you know, mental capacity, the agility, how how how, uh, how fast your reflexes are, and everything. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, we do have to. We have uh, some many loyal listeners, and we have some many loyal uh, people support what we do uh, via our patrons, um, and we also are sponsored largely by one of those that's fossil stuff. Foster stuff, thank you very much, and you've helped keep this channel running. And also all the other patrons that you know help keep this place running. Thank you very, very, very much, and everyone that listens. Um, we haven't done any shout-outs for a little while. People have all come in to listen to to Thomas and Paul. Um, I've lost the chat window. There's still Clegger. There's still Chris and Matt Gammons. Still Dazzle. Striker is still around. Um, yeah, all the usual crew. Jack's been in there, yeah, here and there. Jack has. Yeah, See thank you. you all for listening. But massive thanks to Dom Robbins for coming up from Hidden Valley as well. But big yeah, stars of Thomas and Paul. Thank you very much for joining us again. We'd love to have you on again. It's always fun to have that chat, and we'll try not to get as early. We actually ran a two-hour show tonight, just so it wasn't a 5 a.m. start. That's a bit, a bit cruel. <laughs> 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 Next time. <laughs> Thank you very much for having us, guys. Always a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Oh, bless you. Yeah, and it's good to see more of your, uh, you know, keep on doing well. Hope you do well in your studies and your driving, actually. I was thinking, actually, Thomas, you were, were driving, and I thought, I didn't know he had his license. Hey. No, he's learning. He's actually learning. He's on L plates at the moment, so he's got to be supervised, and I think in a 
few months or two or three months, he should be right to actually go for his license when he turns 18. If I remember correctly as well, once you pass, you've got to have pee plates on your car. Yeah, there's, yeah. I, yeah, it's 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 a red pee plate, um, yeah, and then yeah. for the first year, and then it's a green pee plate for two years, and they can't drive a car beyond a certain power to weight ratio, and they've got all these restrictions on them, and I think when they're on their red peas, they can only have one passenger, and so it's kind of crazy. Over here, moment. it's completely optional. <laughs> Once you pass your test, you don't get notified that they're just to pass the test. It's just there you go. It's optional. Oh, wow. Green pea. I, yeah, I think that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so it's a bit crazy here at the moment, but yeah, what can you do? <laughs> oh, well, good luck with that. And uh, yeah, watch out for again soon. Be a pleasure. No worries. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in, and thank you all to our guests. Uh, you have been listening to Let's Try Now with Tony. Andrew, who has joined us this week as well, thank, thank you, you to sharing the Mini Air Show. Just a reminder, you can get your tickets as an early bird price. You have to go to miniairshow.co.uk, it's our own under tickets. Um, also, check the follow Facebook. And if you wanted to have volunteer out, you might be able to get a free ticket to fly or something, or you might get some other benefit, like a big shout out and a big thank you and a big hug. Um, then they can send an email to miniairshowuk at gmail.com. Or what was the other thing you said, Andrew? Um, Facebook page. <laughs> well, there's a Facebook page, or there's a contact page on the website. There's, there's loads of ways yeah, you can get in touch. You can get in touch, but you, they're looking for a few people to help out with the racing in general. Things on site, so if you can, it'd be awesome. But we'll talk more about that as it happens in the next month. Thank you all for tuning in. You've been listening to Let's Try Out. Thanks, Jay. Cheers. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye.